0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: The Net Live is brought to you by the Spire Institute, integrating sports and education, training and learning, performance and competition like no place on earth. SpireInstitute.org. Now on with the show.
2: It's that time. We have the people. This is Priscilla Leemont. This is Casey Patterson. The story. In real time.
3: We're a much better team
4: now than we were then.
3: I'm not looking at just this year, I'm looking at the next four
2: years. You're listening to The Netline with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. Peter. There's no better angle, for sure, uh, than the one from behind Reed. Reeves. All this travel and playing and priorities has been really
3: getting in the way of our relationship.
2: And DJ Ruscha. I have a great size. It's
1: the Net Live right now. Welcome into the Net Live, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's the 10th of December, 2012. Kevin Barnett sitting in the home court along with Jeremy Roche and for two times in three weeks, Mr. McGee. Bravo, my friend. Bravo and welcome back. I'm glad you're here for another Yeah. Show was in Haco Beach, Haco Beach.
5: Where's that?: Costa Rica last weekend and Monday for a wedding. Fantastic. Good to be back. Uh, Lakers lost again last night. They've lost seven of 10, so that part of my world is spiraling, but the team, uh, the uh, station is doing well, so I'm happy about that, but I do miss you. I did get a chance to watch some, fi- uh, some regional volleyball, too. That was a good time. There's some good matches out there. and we got a lot of coaches coming on today, don't we?
1: Hey, we have all four final four coaches confirmed. We're going to try and spend five to ten minutes with each one of them. So that's Jared Elliott of Texas, Mark Rosen of Michigan, Jim Moore of Oregon, and Russ Rose from Penn State. You're going to get all four of them on the show today. Should be good. we we'll also have the ABCA College Volleyball Weekly with Brandon and Mike, as per usual. And your calls, anytime in the first 15 minutes here, 347-677-1525. Call in, you have something to say. Sound off about anything related to volleyball. Probably this time of year, it's a NCAA tournament.
5: What other show is getting all four uh, coaches on today? Uh, four coaches.
1: No other show. Okay, good. Not a single other program. Mm, Has sorry.
5: probably even tried, mm,
1: much less succeeded. Yep, gotcha. So good for you that you're listening to this program and awesome. have an opportunity to have that. I was just reviewing my bracket, uh, Geeter, and I went nine and three this week. After uh, 46 and nine the week before, I went nine and three.
5: Our picks in the, for the national round. championship are still alive. You with the Oregon Ducks and me with the Texas Longhorns. That is correct. Boy, did those teams look good.
1: That is correct. I actually have two of the Final Four. I hate
5: your
1: computer. Correct. Said it. We're on live. You're hating my computer? Yep. Why? So I can't get. Never mind. That's, Jer- that's Jeremy Roche. Jeremy, you're, you're supposed gentlemen. to be in the engineer's box. Like you might First be of all, all,
6: when you're complaining about this sort of thing, I'm I mean, we're doing important I'm not an engineer. Stuff. And we're getting an intern <laughs> to set up all the crap that you make me do when I come over in the morning. Ah! <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel right now. Wow. Yep. Wow. Continue with the show. Oregon Douglas. Right, turn, turn off the, the Our Wi-Fi. brackets are way
5: better no, than everybody else's. Don't do it now, actually. I have three of the four Final Fours. You have. I have two. You have two.
1: I have Oregon and Texas. My Minnesota pick, which admittedly was a pick with my heart, that was a pick with my heart.
5: You know what? Hats off to Hugh. They They went all the way to to
1: play against Penn State. Penn State beat them. So is Penn Penn State 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 going
5: to win another national championship? I mean, my Lantis, Russ Rose. Okay, I.
1: Scott on the right side. That team's good. I have no personal problem with Russ Rose. I love Russ Rose. Love Russ Rose. I'm just saying, he just but keeps
5: winning titles.
1: He he. For me, he's turning into the 49ers of the mid '80s
5: <laughs> and late
1: '80s. I just they win all the time, and out of a sheer case of boredom, I want them to lose. Not because I yeah. have any anger towards them whatsoever. Is it's he coming boredom. on the show today? Yeah, he is. After you said that? Yeah. Okay. But See, that's what I'm saying it's nothing personal. No, it's just that. When one team wins all the time, I kind of want to see another color up there winning. We got a
5: Northridge Matador, Mark Rosen leading the charge for the Michigan Wolverines. Did you know that? We had a last week
1: alum. He was here last week. Oh. He's broken the NetLife curse. Well, broken
6: your curse. Shattered
1: the Net life curse.
5: Thank
6: God. They're unranked. He's going up against Joe well,
1: Elliott. No, they're they're unseated.
6: Well, yeah. Difference, sorry. Yeah,
1: unseated all the way to the finals and and went through, mind you, Tennessee, Louisville, Michigan State and Stanford. 4 0 in
5: speeches this year, too, with your Texas Longhorns.
1: 4 0. 4 0. Oh, so you're back on. That was one of our questions. Is, is oh, yeah. Jared going to have you in oh, yeah. after the debacle from a couple Dude, of years ago? Dude, I've been
5: ago. doing it for seven years. It's not like I've ruined so every national record? championship. Thought. Uh, I don't know. Probably over the years. Well, obviously, they've lost seven times in those years because they haven't won a national championship yet, right. but they've won a lot of games along the way. So I'm, you know, probably. Well, your record is you give. The I'm speech, probably in do the seven years, you know, thirty and seven, <laughs> maybe thirty-five and seven. Come on, a lot of times. It's
1: a pretty good record.
5: Maybe forty. So it's nine and three season.
1: last week. I only have two of the final four, but I did go nine and three. My Oregon Ducks. I guess I have to say my Oregon Ducks because I haven't winning the national championship.
6: Uh, Looks pretty good. I'm in to get involved now with the final four. I can make picks now. I couldn't make things uh, before. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, now they're four left. Got yeah. a pretty good shot. Yeah, let's do this.
5: Jeremy's going to flip You're a coin. we go with Penn
6: State to keep it safe. No, I'm not actually. Really? Yeah. How about that, Maples?
5: Uh, you know, one thing I like is I think all four of these teams have the pin hitters to be able to win the title and get hot. I mean, you saw all four of these teams play remarkably well in the regional final. Kevin, I mean, Oregon played great at Nebraska after that first set. Michigan took it to Stanford, took it to them. Penn State was absolutely dominant, and USC looked like, I mean, I'm not going to say a JV team, but they, they just looked like they weren't in the same league as Texas. I mean, Texas at home, playing that well, the physicality was just head and shoulders better than them.
1: Texas is hard to stop. Their left side attack is, is awesome. Yeah. There's no other way to describe their left side attack with uh,
5: Eckerman and
1: uh, and Webster
5: and Webster. If you if you're Stanford and your USC though, you look at the youth that you had on the floor. I mean, freshmen, more than one of them playing big time roles. I, you got to be pretty happy. I mean, going to a Final Four would have been nice for those freshmen. But both those teams have key freshmen in key spots. They're going to be good for the next few years and both those teams will have a chance at a national championship, USC and Stanford. But uh they just weren't up for the task against those teams with some seniors and some leadership and some big time juniors and, and the athleticism of those two teams.
1: USC's gotta find a little balance. They need they need some middle blocking attack. They need yeah, a legitimate that, that, opposite. That
5: that high ball to the to the pin just wasn't kinda you know, Jupiter's not out there anymore. I mean the freshman was great but Bricio's great.
1: I thought Bricio's Fuller could great. have been better all year. I thought Olgaard and Ogum's uh, weren't involved enough, and I felt like they had the passing. At times, they had the ball handling to get them involved more, and when they did get them involved, boy, they looked really good. I haven't seen the box score from the last match against Texas, but I, I would wonder how much the middle got used.
6: I'm going to say Stanford's could be the preseason number one next year. No doubt. I think that's a pretty good call.
5: You got Bug, you got Burgess, you got Howard, all freshmen this year.
1: They're, just,
6: no they're a complete team.
1: And, and you, well, I saw the end of that match against Michigan. And Michigan did a fantastic job of just dismantling Stanford through that. And I didn't yeah. see what happened because it went 20-25, Michigan lost set number one. And then it went 25-20, 25-20, 25-20, all the way out. That's a solid victory.
5: Great pin, uh, great pin play. Uh, they ran the Bickwell out of the middle in transition. Uh, you know, when they were out of system. They roofed some balls. Tiffany. They were uh, digging like crazy. Tiffany Morales is a so. local kid. She's a freshman. She went yeah. to Redondo Beach High School. Played Barra, joy. Right? She did a really nice job. I've known her for a long time, and I was really impressed with her. They, they covered. They just did all those little. T- it was. It, it was their, You could just tell it was their time. There was no question about it. In their mind, they were winning that game. I mean, they had a great celebration, but it was almost like whatever they saw on film, whatever they saw the night before, they believed they were winning that match. They just
1: had a look in their eyes. Well, the post-game press conference, Mark Rosen said that his team, which had been very nervous when they were in a situation before, he could tell they were just off when they had been in the situation before. He said this was a very long day. It was yep. a late match. And he felt like the team was in a great spot. They were just kind of happy and, and go lucky and having a good time and being themselves. And, you know, that showed all the way through. It's funny. I, I listened to that after the match. Obviously, they haven't had at the match, but I, I was listening this morning. And uh, it was exactly what I saw in them when I watched the match. Because even down the stretch, when they were at 20 points, it was 20-16 to 16 or whatever the score was at that point. Is that when they
5: kind of started to pull away?
1: Yeah, and at one point it was 23-17 because they were forcing mistakes out of Stanford, ace serves, bad passes, that kind of stuff. His team, Michigan, their entire side was still smiling, relaxed, and playing great volleyball. It was really cool to see their attitude, and on the sideline, you could see Mark just trying to hold it together, just, just trying to stay the same. You know, not like he was falling apart, but he was trying to stay the same as he had been during the match because you know he could feel it inside. Yeah. Here Have we go. Have they been
5: to the elite eight? They haven't been to the final four yet. They've been to they? the elite eight, I believe, in '09. Oh, no. Yeah, he'd been then there. that's
1: where he was talking about that they they weren't the same team that day, the whole yeah. day of the match. Said so he felt good about the team now. This is the first final four for them.
6: Do you think? And I know it's. Hard to say yet, but do you think they'll carry that carefree? We have nothing to lose into the next match.
5: Yeah, it's I, why not? I, Kev, Kevin can talk to this too. It, the problem it's not the problem, uh, that's the wrong way to start it. The thing about sports when it comes to college and, and uh, club and everything like that, and you have freshmen through seniors, you don't know how they're going to play in that moment. You, you've seen older kids, inexperienced kids fall apart late in the game in a pressure situation because they feel the end is coming. The flip side of that, you have seniors like a Danny Manning did with Kansas years ago, you know, uh, lead his team to a national championship because they've been there before and it was their time. So you never know how those older kids are going to play. Then there's the freshmen. You have a guy like Carmelo Anthony who leads Syracuse to to, to a championship. And sometimes freshmen don't know any better and they just think this is how you do it. You know, April Ross was a freshman and went to a Final Four and you know, uh, USC, Jarrett's first team, they were they're almost all freshmen, and they went to the Final Four. Um, and then there's other times where you looked at Stanford mm-hmm. or maybe USC where they played like freshmen in big moments. So you really don't know how those kids are going to come out. I mean, all four – They're the, all
4: kids. Yeah, exactly.
1: Seniors all are kids, or freshmen, they're all kids. And
5: all four of those teams looked unbelievable in the regional final. Unfortunately, you don't always get that. At the Final Four, you did in 2009, 2008. Those are the years where Penn State played Texas and went 15-13. Nebraska almost beat Penn State. Stanford beat Texas in five. Those two years for women's volleyball, I remember where I was living at the time. I was living in a different house than I'm at now. I remember being off those those nights and watching both those games. I remember going to get some food with my wife, and I remember saying to her, it's the best Final Four women's volleyball. Women's volleyball taken off. off. Like, those games were outstanding. You don't always – Get that. Remember a couple of years ago, Penn State rolled everybody, and, and sometimes teams yeah. played badly. Last year, Florida State got there, but didn't yeah, have last that match. There were a couple of blowouts last Yeah, year, I mean, that's the recall. Illinois game was great. I and remember. The they, national championship was great, but you don't get every game. So you yeah. hope that everyone plays that well. It's just unrealistic to think that they will. You just don't know, man, what happens in four days. The pressure, you don't pass well, anything. I mean, you've been there. We, we've I all think, been there.
1: I think it was the matches in Kansas City two years ago. I think it was the Cal. I forget who what the Final Four looked like, and it's all turning into a mess. But those two matches, those two semis, you came in excited about them, and they were just both blowouts. I think Cal got completely blown out. Yeah. And I, I was really just disappointed with the quality of volleyball.
5: That was a tough year because that, that's the year that Jarrett got to the Final Four with Fawcett, and then Penn State rolled them. Right. That's it, it just what it was. was kind of a you, you didn't really see that coming. Um, you know, teams getting kind of blown out. So, you know, it, it happens in those situations. You know, Santa Clara had magic back in 2005. They got there. But, you know, they play a great Nebraska team, and then Nebraska gets rolled by Washington. I mean, you know, you you hope that every single year can go 15, 13 in the fifth, but it's just not realistic. But these, all four of these teams, the way they looked on Saturday night, you can make a case for, for any one of them. And that's the truth.
1: Penn State, Oregon on one side, Texas, Michigan on the other side.
5: You know what you notice be when you fun. watch these games, too? I mean, at the Pins, man, people are so big now. I mean, they're just, they have girls on the right, on the left, that put balls away. Yeah, you have and to be able to do that. You have to be able to do that, or it's just, you know, not going to happen. It's going like the that. way of the men's game.
1: The men's game 100%. has gotten that way. I mean, it's nice to, to play a system. It's nice to have a team like the 2008 men's gold medal team where it's a complete system. But... Even that team still had to have Clay Stanley, of course, just closing it out on the right. And you have to have a couple of really good players—one left, one right—for some balance. And it doesn't mean you have to eliminate the middle. Because I, for a long time, thought you can just play without middles. You know, I'm an outside hitter and opposite. Play with me. Yeah. But uh, you have to have middles. I look at USC. They did not involve their middles enough all year. When they struggled, they did not have much of a middle attack. Yeah. Then when they got their middle attack rolling, they were killing people. Yeah. You have to have that middle attack. You have to be a complete team. And that's why I thought Stanford was really going to go. I thought they were a complete team. But Michigan, in the part I saw in the fourth set, took the middle away. And I I want to look at the box score. But they took the middle away in that fourth set. I saw, I think, two attacks out of the middle for Stanford. And they struggled otherwise. And Michigan just sat back, dug balls, and transitioned, and took some huge swings on the left, to your point.
5: Yeah, there's no question about it. And, you know, uh there's some chatter on the on the in the chat room about you know being your first time and kids being prepared and playing in big time games now and, and and that's the case in any sport now it's it's such high level in high school and AAU and club that they're used to big games but no matter how big you can and how much you can prepare yourself you don't know what it's like until you've been in a final four. Yeah. You just don't. And how much does experience play into it that Jared's now been there for the fifth time, going up against Mark the first. I, I, I don't know. You know, Mark's going to do his thing. He's going to prepare his girls like he does. Jarrett's probably picked up some things along the way. It's not the coaches. It's not the coaches. I mean, you can prepare the best that you can, and you can do the little small things that you think will work. If the kids buy in and the kids come out and play well, hey, they make their own road. They make their own journey. I mean, all four of these teams can win a national championship. That's the bottom line, all four of them. You know, I remember Kevin in 93 – when we made the finals against, against UCLA, the one thing that I, that, that I feel that they were better than us at was that I remember back then they did a third-place game, which was stupid. So Penn State that is playing stupid. Ohio State, and it goes five. Well, we're out there at the end of the third because it looked like it was going to be a sweep. We ended up kind of like sitting out there and stretching right under the tunnel at Pauly. And kind of watching that game and looking around at the 10,000 people starting to file in. And I remember us kind of being a little bit of deer in headlights. UCLA never came out of that locker room. Seeley, that whole group, they never came out until it was go time. Elskates had been there a million times. They had a plan. They were at home. And they came out and kind of jumped. You know, it was just – you never know. Not that that was a difference, but I'm just saying in terms of like us never being there before. Right. And them having the confidence of knowing that this is where they should be. There is a little difference in that. But once the ball's in the air and you're going, you're going. No, it's volleyball. And that's,
1: that's the key is how quickly can you get into just playing and having it be another match rather than here's what we're surrounded by. Court's the same size. You're still looking at the same things. You shouldn't be looking at the crowd. Yeah. We have our first guy. I think I would introduce him, but it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't be
5: right. Well, I love this young man. Right here. I call him young because I feel like he's getting younger. He's looking better with every single day that passes. He's a young man out of Pacific Palisades High School. He graduated from the Harvard of the West Coast, Cal State Northridge. He was an assistant coach on the 1993 team that went to the national championship game but failed to bring home the ring. He started his coaching career at Marymount High School, ladies and gentlemen. He was a volunteer assistant at USC and then on to a first assistant under Lisa Love, and then he took over the program as an interim head coach while McHaley was with the national team. All he did was recruit the best class in the country and get them to a Final Four as freshmen. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about the man that has now been to seven straight Elite Eights. Five Final Fours in his career. Four out of five Final Fours at the University of Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, say hello to Jared Elliott. Peter, hey, what's up? This is
2: Sullivan. Oh, God, get that guy off. No, what's up? Hey, so- hey first of all, why hey. the heck did I ever get an intro like that?
1: Well, Esol, He has Esau. other people calling for him now.
5: Esol, you would just call randomly. You dogged our show. You, you, you care about us more. We're all over it. If you were ever a, a guest that we had planned on actually having, you would have gotten a similar, sim- right.
7: Hey, I just want you to know, in 93, we were in the locker room playing Finiente. <laughs> that experience.
8: Uh, I will say this about it. Alright, here's Sullivan, my
0: guy
5: I did win a gold medal At the Pacific Ocean Games in Colombia In 1995 And I've told everybody this The reason why I was a good setter at that tournament I never had to move Eric Sullivan was the best passer I ever played with That is the truth that might hurt Matt Lyles That might hurt his feelings But the, truth is,
6: friendship with the Matt Lyles.
5: truth is why? If I had one match with me setting, I'm picking Esol on my side. Am I right, Esol? He left the room now. It's me. Hey, thanks. <laughs> I knew that happened. Jeez, these guys are awesome. Uh, Jarrett, congratulations on your fifth final four, my friend.
3: Thank you, but you got to count the final four that we were in, Gator. That would make six.
5: You're absolutely right. I forgot. Uh, of course I should be counting that one as a men's assistant coach at Cal State Northridge. uh, Jared, uh really, I think the talk of – of volleyball of course Penn State getting there once again Oregon and Michigan going for the first time but when people talk about the Texas Longhorns they talk about the performance that you guys had against USC uh what was it like for you in a big moment like that to have your team play as well as they have in the last couple of years well
3: it's special you know they they came out they were very confident this group has continued to grow throughout the season and uh you know, the frame of mind was right going into the match, and they were able to execute, obviously, at a high level, and it uh, shows a lot about where they are right now in a frame of mind and as we approach this Final Four.
5: You know, Jarrett, what's what's different about this team? You've been there so many times. It just seems like you got a little magic in a bottle. It uh, started out with some adversity, trying to fix your lineups and figure out who's going to play, injuries along the way, but then all of a sudden you guys got rolling like you seem to do every single year, 17 in a row or so. What What was different this year?
3: Well, well, first of all, you're right on with trying to figure out our lineup. We were all over the place at the beginning of the year. We had so many different options and took some time looking at all those. And once we solidified our lineup, we got a little bit more consistent. We got consistency from putting players in certain positions. And, um, you know, there's been great growth by individuals to make this team a lot better. And, obviously, we have two great left side hitters um, that is very, very important at this level uh, when you get to the Final Four because there's a lot of -of out-of-system play. And, uh with Eckerman and Bailey on the left, it, it gives us uh, a great opportunity to score points. And you know, against USC, they were very, very efficient. But you know, the team has gotten better because the performances of Hannah getting better as a setter, a lot more calm and consistent in running a great offense. And then Shader is playing uh, the best she's played in her in her career here as the opposite. And both of our young middles continue to get better and better. And you know, their, their numbers offensively are going up, but blocking, they're doing a very nice job for us.
5: What you're talking about Cat Bell and Molly McCage. Molly McCage, the freshman. Cat Bell, the sophomore, who tore her ACL when you guys were on fire last year, which really uh, was kind of the the point of the season where you guys had to revamp and and try something new as well. So you've been down that road. You know, Jarrett, uh, a big part of of coaching, and I don't think you guys get the credit uh, that you deserve, Texas, is is developing players. And anybody can get talent, but what you do with that talent, I think, really matters, and it shows at the end of the season. I remember in August – of 2011 when I went to do a match for the Longhorn Network, you, Eric, and Salima told me about Bailey Webster, and you said she's going to be one of the best players in the country. Where she has come in 16 months, 15 months, is really incredible. How 17 pr- for 29. Yeah. How proud are you of her? And, and, and what, talk about that transformation where she's now one of the best players in, in our country.
3: Yeah, yeah it's amazing. You know, she's uh, worked extremely hard, she's very diligent about the way she approaches practice, and she's extremely bright, and uh, she, you know, she just continues to get more and more confident with her game, and, um, and now is playing, I think, as could be arguably discussed, as a strong candidate for National Player of the Year, even though she was not our um, Big 12 Conference Player of the Year. She's just been playing at such a high level the last 10 to 12 matches that her numbers are off the charts, and... Uh, really allowed us to explode uh, from the offensive side.
5: Who was the Big 12 Player of the Year?
3: Uh, Haley Uh, Eckerman.
5: At least it was someone from Texas.
1: Yes,
5: yes.
3: Yeah, I mean, she's doing some good things right now. I mean, she's obviously able to go over the block, but I think for the first time she's starting to see the defense behind the block, and she's got good command of the ball and worked really hard uh, over the last years to protect her arm sewing.
1: The talk about your team, Jared, over the last season has been Sarah Palmer, and as far as a weakness goes, lots of people have been kind of picking on her. What have you done as a coach to get her to hang in there when the expectations she knows are high from inside the organization, but she's got to be hearing some of that chatter from the outside? How do you deflect all that and keep her focused on her job and getting better and serving your team?
3: Well, I think she's grown tremendously. For us this year, you know, Eric's done a phenomenal job with her, and she's, you know, her confidence has risen, and she's gotten a lot tougher. You know, she's always been a good libero. I mean, people can judge her the way they want because they think our conference is in the Pac-12 or the Big Ten, but as you're starting to see, we can play with anybody, and and I think volleyball around the country is good everywhere right now. And you know, Palmer has shown herself in this NCAA tournament. She's been playing at a very, very high level. And uh, has played extremely well, and is one of the reasons that we're in the Final Four. So we're confident in what she has, and we're able to do. And she's, you know, know, we're we're good with her. You know, the the announcers can think what they want, but uh, we know what she's been able to do, and we see her numbers uh, on a day-in and day-out basis.
5: Jarrett, when we were there in August, I I think the biggest concern, and it has been over the last couple years, has been maybe the ball control uh the first contact on defense and and being able to transition man you guys sure looked good at that how much have you guys worked on that and is this the best ball control team you've had the last few years
3: well it's been it's it's improved throughout the year there's no question you know then there's times that we've been in a two-man serve receive and uh you know for the tournament we've gone to a three-man serve receive uh we put in um nicole dalton in for Eckerman. i mean eckerman has been playing very good in the backcourt we could still utilize her but When when Bailey Webster is hitting 519 in the NCAA tournament, there's not not a whole lot of need to set the backcourt right now. And should we need that, we can always go to it. But I'm pretty comfortable setting that high-out side ball to her and letting her take care of business.
1: Jared, last time you were in the championship match, a lot of people felt that that was the high-water mark for a championship match and really a coming-out party for NCAA women's volleyball. What did you take from that experience in that year that you can apply – to you this year going into Louisville as a coaching staff and as a head coach?
3: Well, we're very fortunate to have Salima and Eric be a part of the staff. And, you know, we've all been to many final fours and, and national championship matches. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of magic to it. I think the coaches can usually mess up the team more than they can help them. So for us, it's just about getting our teams in the right frame of mind, uh, keeping them relaxed, uh, Us obviously acting very relaxed, having a great pregame speech. Um, and, uh
1: Moving always, on. always critical to the pregame speech. Is, is there anything you want Geter to stay away from or points you need him
5: to hit? <laughs>
3: all I know is he rides with Texas.
5: Rides with Texas. That's how I always end. Tonight, I'm riding with Texas. That's the truth. Now, we had a nice heartfelt one this last time. Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're all over the place. But this one was uh, you know, uh, about uh, them winning for each other and, and enjoying that moment that I think doesn't come around very often and, and i think texas saw that moment in front of them playing at home in front of all their family and friends and you know playing against a great sc team and and and, and they took it to them man that's that's uh, when you play your best match in that situation uh you got a special group of kids
1: coach it looks towards the semifinals and thursday night against michigan you're going to face a team that's hot and has picked off a lot of good volleyball programs tell us what you see in them
3: yeah, they're really good. You know, before the tournament was announced, you know, I was a little worried that A&M might get a top 16 seed and we could get Michigan sent here in the second round. I mean, that's where they could have been on the board. Um, but I knew they're very. I know they're very good. Um, we've been watching from far. You know, they're very similar to, to what Iowa State can do. They're scrappy. They play great defense. Uh, they've got a quick offense, and as, you, as they're playing very, very loose right now. And watching that match against Stanford. Uh, they're in a good frame of mind. Uh, they're confident, and it should be a really good match for our program.
5: Jared, it's amazing that a guy from Cal State Northridge is guaranteed to be in the in, in the national championship game. Mark Rosen or Jared Elliott, both from Cal State Northridge. That's a high
3: end degree, right there, Geeter. <laughs> 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 There's
5: nothing finer. Hey, hey Jared. Ivy
3: League I, of the West Coast, right?
5: Exactly. but Jared, how proud are you of a, of a, of a young woman like Kat Bell? I mean, that ACL tear last year uh, really sent your team uh, in, in, into some tough emotional times. Uh, she's such a great kid. You hate to see that. But the way she's bounced back this year, what has she meant to your squad?
3: Well, she's well, just such a great young woman. I mean, off the court, she makes our job so much fun, and she's has a huge heart. Uh, she's extremely competitive. And when she tore it, you know, that very first night, she said, don't worry about me, we're still going to go out and win this national championship. And it just shows you the type of woman she is and, and that she is a team player. She told the doctors that she's going to be back faster than anybody else. Um, she came back before six months, which is a testament to her. Uh, she had a great role model with Bailey Webster uh, that went through it the year before and, and helped her along the way. But Kat is special. Anybody that's able to spend time with her, it's uh, they're, they're going to be touched by her personality.
5: Hey, Jarrett, Shadira McNeil. A senior, the only one. What what does she bring to this team?
3: Shaw uh, uh, is is our it's, team. You know, she's our glue, and she doesn't get the credit. I'm one of the great reasons I'm happy for getting to the Final Four. I think she deserves to be an All-American, and she should be getting that now. And she's never had that uh, award, but she is our glue. She passes great for us. Uh, she obviously spreads out the offense. She's got a great demeanor about her. Um, she's got a great serve. I mean, there's so many things that she adds from a leadership standpoint, um, a confidence standpoint for our younger players. And she's one of the premier players in the country that does not get a lot of credit because, you know, we have, you know, Haley and and Bailey that are putting up such big
5: numbers. Hey, 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 Jared, I think one of the keys for you guys has been the maturation of Hannah Allison. I know Salima does a great job, uh, with her, but she's really improved throughout this season.
3: Yeah, Salima's yeah. done a phenomenal job with her, and she's really grown over the last few years. And it, it, this year has been the most enjoyable year to coach her because she's just grown up so much. She's comfortable in her own skin. She knows what we're trying to do. We can actually joke around with her a little bit, and she can take that feedback and, and apply it now wow. instead of just being overwhelmed with a lot of the, the small details. So we keep it pretty simple for her, but now she's getting to the point where she's asking a lot of well-educated uh, questions, and she's running an offense and and really doing a great job with keeping the distribution there and and setting the right players at the right time.
5: We've had a lot of discussion about this. Uh, you you've been there before, as you said. This will be your sixth time. Do you learn every single time? Do you do you, do you prepare differently each time for a Final Four, or, or is it just that you know what to expect? Like, what's the advantage of having been there?
3: I think it's huge. Uh, you know, first it's getting comfortable. The first time that you go, you're just you're kind of a deer in headlights, and you've you got a lot of anxiety as a coach, and you want to try to perform, and now it's just kind of it's normal trade for us. And uh, We know what the routines are. For us, it's about managing the players and getting them in the right frame of mind. We'll continue to do the exact same routines. We don't change because it's the Final Four. And, again, just trying to get them to be loose and have fun and believe that we can actually uh, close out this weekend.
1: Coach, I hear a couple of things uh, going through some of your answers and talking about your conference, and I've heard this before about it not getting enough respect because it's not the Pac-12 or the Big Ten, or Shadair not getting the honors that maybe she has deserved because of attention going elsewhere. Are you guys playing a little bit of an underdog card? I mean, you guys have been good for a very long time. <laughs> I don't think of you as an underdog at all.
3: No, we're no. not an underdog by any means. Um, we feel like we are we belong at this party, and uh, we're going to do the, the best man. we can to... To put our to best foot forward to make this happen. I mean, it's, you know, our yeah. conference is good. And I, I'm just saying that there's a lot of people that want to talk, all the announcers that come out. We get a lot of announcers because our Longhorn Network. And, you know, we hear about these other conferences. And I know the sport right now of how good it is across the country, whether it's the SEC or whether it's, you know, the Big yeah. 12. Or, you know, there's just a lot of good quality teams right now. And you're starting to see it. And it's a lot more difficult to get to Final Fours than it's ever been in the past. And, there's a lot of upsets happening, and, um, you know, 25% of the seeds didn't get to the top 16. That's a pretty significant number compared to years in the past.
1: Is the championship trophy the last thing that you need? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, my, my my little boy, Parker, or my two boys put a little pressure on me this morning. They asked me if I can bring the tro- the national championship trophy to show and tell if we win. So, um you know, it would mean a lot. And you know, for me, it's about you've got to take more away from than just the wins and losses. You know, you got to watch and, and take some appreciation of watching your young women grow in your program. But obviously, I want to I want to win it for our players in our program, the players that stepped before them, the Paleinis yep. and the Angles and the Destinies and the Kistners, and, and the ones before that that laid the foundation for this program. And it would mean a lot to this program, obviously, in this university. So uh, it would be very special for me too.
1: Coach, no matter what happens this weekend, uh, all the things you mentioned are incredibly important. Congratulations on uh, continuing a, a con- just great legacy of volleyball and taking it to another level there at Texas. It's already a huge success. The trophy would just be icing on the cake, and of course, it can go to class.
3: That's right. Nothing like preschool national championship trophy. Really draw some fans all over it.
5: DJ Roche it got slowly. really. DJ Roche got really said uh, you know. We we belong at this party because anytime you use the word party and and he gets excited. I'm
1: in. Jared Elliott, head coach of Texas, headed to the Final Four once again. Congratulations! Look forward to watching your team perform on Thursday. Thanks for joining us.
5: Hey Barney, you failed last week. What do you mean? Why didn't you have Chris Lamb on from Wichita State, the Shockers, in the Sweet 16? You didn't have him on.
1: I know we we had to make choices here. You know we only have so much time. You guys made the wrong choice with
5: me in Costa Rica.
1: I love giving the shocker. Yeah, they give it. The girls give it. There was a picture of them actually doing it, and a lot of the discussion was, "Do they even?" Well, yes, Sh- they. Brent yeah.
5: Barry gave the shocker after he hit a game-winning shot, and uh, he was told he couldn't do it anymore.
1: When he was <laughs>
5: back in his days. Well,
1: that was a little True while story. ago.
5: I I tell you what, I, I like
1: all these guys. I don't. I mean, I don't know who to cheer for as just a, a fan. I mean, I know how I pick my bracket, but I think all four of these coaches are are doing great things for these kids. And I, I think Jared mentioned it just briefly. He's talking about the, the watching the kids grow. Sure. And teaching these women through a, a, what can be a difficult part of life, but what is undoubtedly an important part of life from eighteen to twenty two. That's that's his real job. Winning is great. His real job is to produce great people out of that program.
5: Yep. You know, I think you, you you make a really good point when you talk about what these guys have accomplished. I mean, Russ Rose is on the Mount Rushmore. Let's just say what it is. If he wins another one, Mount I, Rushmore. I, yeah, I don't even know what to do with him. He's like Bill Jackson um, for Coach Moore at Oregon, getting them into the Final Four for the first time. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that 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 team was at the bottom. Dog meat of. The Pac-12 yes. was the Pac-10 back then. So for them to be where they are, it just says so much about that program and what he's been able to do. For Mark Rosen and the Big Ten to compete with the Hugh McCutcheons and Russ and all these guys and to get where they are into the Final Four for the first time. And then Jarrett, who's now been there you know, four times in five years and has knocked on the door, lost 15-13 in probably the best national championship game of all time in man. 2009. Um, yeah, you just can't. I mean, for every program, you could make a case.
1: Hey, Let's be honest about it, okay? Hugh McCutcheon competes with Mark Rosen. That's how it works still. Hugh's new. Hugh's new. Mark Rosen owns the Big Ten. Interesting. Along with Russ Rose right now. How about that?
5: Two Big Ten teams,
1: one Big 12, and one
5: Pac-12. Hey, Lambo, if you're listening, you might have to come on our next week's show and break it down for us because Barnett just really dogged you and didn't have you on last week. (laughs) Sweet 16 for Wichita State. Show a little respect.
1: Jeremy, we've got to take a break. When we come back, we still have three coaches to go on the show. We have the ABCA College Volleyball Weekly. We also Which coach news. am I going to
5: miss when I go pick up Millie from school?
1: You're not going to miss. You're going to stay. Millie's going to be that, there. Can't it's going to be that. okay. Which, it's Jim Moore. Jim Moore's Jim Moore. Yeah, yeah, he's Tell the late Tell congrats. And we have unfortunate news from the world of ex-Texas volleyball players and the national team. More on that. Destiny Hooker. The Net Live. Right back. The best college volleyball in the country
2: is coming to Louisville, and you'll want to be there up close to take in all the action. Cheer for every point, witness every rally, experience it live at the 2012 NCAA Division I Women's Volleyball Championship, December 13th and 15th at KFC Young Center in Louisville, Kentucky. Hosted by the University of Louisville and the Louisville Sports Commission. All session tickets start at $62. Visit NCAA.com volleyball to make a date with champions.
1: Welcome back to the net live. Yeah. Exhale, Jeremy. We've got three to go. Don't, uh, don't get too exhausted. i only have two. Love Matt Gardhoff's, uh, TNL in collage form from last week. Very funny stuff. We had the sugar bear on there. Pop from pops. We had the Arkansas sugar bear. Oh yeah. Sugar bear. Sugar bear. Big purple sugar bear. Russ Rose with hair. (laughs) that, That comment. That was funny. So Matt Gardhoff. Again, thank you. Good job. Coming through big. Peter's here this week, so you can draw another cartoon. Triple chins. Three four seven oh. six seven seven fifteen twenty five. Oh. Hey, we talked about it. A, a former Texas star. Unfortunately, is having surgery again. Destiny Hooker, Destiny Coulter, now married, had an MCL is that and meniscus an tear. No, that was back in September. I didn't know that. She was in Russia playing, injured, going to require surgery again—MCL uh, and meniscus tear. Unfortunately, sidelined once again. What does this mean for the national team? I don't know. She's been on the national team what three years now, and two knee surgeries in. Not sure if it's the same knee, but uh, that's that's an auspicious start. Uh, hopefully, Destiny Hooker is able to get healthy. Once again, and remain healthy, because uh, that's an important piece of the national team and their success. That's a bummer. Friday, we're going to have a broadcast from Louisville. We're going to be at the ABCA convention. We're going to have it Friday afternoon. Looking like... I'm rarely jealous of you, but that makes me a little jealous. Sometime between 2 and 4 Eastern time, we're going to be doing it up in the coaches' zone at the convention. So we'll be sitting down, and I'm sure we're going to have a star-studded lineup. It is yet to be established, but it will happen uh, when we arrive. I'll be there on Thursday. Who's coach of the year? Who's coach of the year? Good question. When does that get voted? That's my other question. Because the banquet, I believe, is Friday before the national championship match, right? So it's not going to be the national championship coach doesn't get picked that way. It's not because Sealy gave the speech
5: last year at the,
1: which by the way was one of the best speeches I've I've seen. He was. Awesome. Mike was awesome last year. Do you put Mark Rosen in there? No doubt about it now. He's gone through some pretty impressive talent. Yeah, there's
5: no question about it. But, you know, I think it usually goes, usually goes for the regular season. Barney. Do we have a number? Yep. I'll look it up. Keep going. You know, it's, it's the body of work for the regular season as well. That's the thing with, like, MVPs and stuff like that. It's got to be the overall. It, it, it's, you know, obviously if you're looking at coach of the year right now, you're looking at one of the four guys that's left in the uh, national semifinals, that's for sure, because they've all four did an incredible job. Again, I mean, it, the thing about this, this Final Four, we've mentioned this before, every single team has an unbelievable story and has done just an incredible job, whether it's Penn State Oregon and Michigan getting there for the first time, or Texas who turned it on after a rough start. I mean, either way, each team has a great story, win or lose. I mean, the bummer about this, and, and you and I say it every year, we get to this point where, like, ah, oh, man, it's kind of a bummer, you know, only one can come out the winner, but you're going to right. feel bad for the people that lose. But, you know, look at Hamley last year. I mean, Hamley and Sealy, guys that played against each other in college, and you know, we all know and good friends with, and squaring off. And, you know, John Spraw talked about how. You know, he's friends with all those guys. He just can't, got to his seat and sat there and watched that game. I mean, everyone was really interested in, man, one of these guys is going to win a national championship. You know, and then same thing this year. I mean, is it going to be Oregon or Michigan, who have never been there before? Is Jarrett finally going to get his title after all these years?
1: Or will it be Russ again? Or is going to be Russ
5: Rose, who's just, you know, the most <laughs> dominant program uh, of our generation?
1: Mount Rushmore. We have a caller,
6: 661. We do. Let's find out. Yeah.
1: I like what people call the show. Doesn't happen too often. Me too. It's probably
6: one of Gators' Laker friends.
1: Probably six six one. You're on the net live.
6: Boss. Now you're,
9: gentlemen. gentlemen. Oh, is
1: that,
9: is that our boss? Pretty. He's the undercover boss.
1: Discussing. Wow. We're discussing women's collegiate volleyball. This is really not his domain. This <laughs> is
5: actually something you don't know any.
3: Listen, leave it to Sully to call in and ruin a perfectly good
7: first segment that was going along just fine, and Sullivan had to call in and, and uh, interrupt what was uh, just a great, great first hour.
5: Reed, I give him the proper introduction and actually pump him up from the heart, and he left the room.
1: He actually said, here's your guy. So you, he he gave you a little oh, I didn't do that part because I was to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Reed pretty well we have you. In between uh, NCAA talk here, give us a little update on the professional season. The season's
2: going good. We're uh, we're in Russia.
1: Let me point out that anything that happens technically here is not it's, us. It's, Jeremy. it's the
7: Russian. Uh... This is Russia and Turkey that <laughs> we're doing. Not...
1: No. Reed, he's, he's way in and out. Yeah,
7: we have to beat them either. If they're
1: in uh, in. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somebody needs the message to message reader. Oh, that. bummer. It's, well, it's, you know what?
7: I heard you
9: guys for uh, a little bit. I'll, I'll uh, get back in the uh, queue and uh, listen some more.
1: Oh, there we right. We got you. All right. Appreciate you trying, Reader.
5: I mean, it's amazing that the boss calls in, and basically what we just told him was more of us, less of you. I mean, <laughs> he we Hey, he in an underground I'm, bunker so, in Russia so excited somewhere. I to actually the, hear from him, but he did have one of the great lines. Leave it up to Esau to ruin a perfectly good first segment. I mean, remember Esau used to call. What was he doing at Nebraska? He used to call us every single week. They like got to off.
1: hang out. Now your boy Jared's on
5: him. It's Jared all actually has him working.
1: Yeah, Jared's working him to death. You see Esau, he's kind of
5: sullen, sunken eyes, all black, you know. Man, it's really incredible, man.
6: <laughs> it's really incredible. I'm proud of that team, though. I definitely am. What would be better for women's volleyball? Penn State winning again or two teams being in the finals that haven't been there before. I'd say B. You think?
1: Yeah, I, I'd say B. Because I, cause I think without the without the wins consecutive, without the consecutive national championships, that kind of thing, I don't think it gets outside of volleyball media. Gotcha. I, I think that was great. When Russ did that, that was great for the sport because it took it outside of volleyball media with those teams with the, the record number of wins. I, I think you – you access the different audience. I don't think it makes any difference now with the Penn state narrative that to get outside of our normal audience, but and maybe that part of that's me too, that I, I want to see. I like seeing somebody win it for the first time. I like seeing these coaches. I like seeing the Hambly Sealy matchup where yeah. you have somebody who's going to do it for the first time, going to establish themselves as a, another generation of excellence. Cause yeah. we know about Russ Rose. We know about Mick Haley. We know about, uh, um,
6: Apparently not. <laughs> Cook,
1: Cook. Thank you, John yeah. Cook. You know, we we know about those guys. We know about their success. I like the narrative of some new success to go along with those guys remaining in the game and being relevant. I mean, all all those guys are still relevant. I like ESPN's
6: promo talking about how good Penn State's been, and then UCLA winning last year, and who's going to win this year?
5: Yeah. yeah. So that's, that that's a good narrative. Yeah, I, I like that they had you know a studio show built around the entire day. I I, I was digging that. Mm -hmm. Kelly Tennant was on that. And um, I had that on at work on my computer screen the entire time while I was doing my shows. And it was a lot of fun to come back and and check on those scores and seeing all the, uh, you know, they'd always throw it to the site like they did with you guys at the Olympics and have an interview. And uh, it was good to see that for women's volleyball. I mean, people who are volleyball fans and love the sport, all of us that just, you know, live and breathe it, that's a great day. The four regional – Finals. It's a really fun day of volleyball because it's usually high level, yeah. And there's usually a couple of great matches in there. It's the same thing with that Final Four day. I I I love Thursday night. I think it's going to be great volleyball. Um, I love all four teams. You can make a case for all of them. All Thursday
1: the night's days. actually the better night because Thursday there's a story the going in night, and man. there's a story Thursday coming night. out. Yeah, there's a lot happening. No doubt. Man. That's why we're gonna have that show Friday because there's there's so much happening. You and Jay, right? In those couple days, Jay will be there. Brandon Rosenthal will be there. Uh, and not and Sean hey, Rosenthal. We're gonna bring in a bunch of guests. Yeah, not Sean Rosenthal for Ty Trambley. Just a little <laughs>
5: clarification there, Ty. <laughs> you know Ty
0: you're getting Ty Loomis. Loomis.
1: Oh, it's Loomis. Yeah. All right. I get my ties mixed
5: up. I'm uh. God, like I said before, I mean, I wish I could make that trip work. It just can never happen.
6: Well, you're big time now.
5: I don't think that. I just just bummer that I'm working at the same time. Look at you! You're still trimming out here, and it's not even just stripes working for buddy. Me. You're, you. Buddy, you know have, what? You know you what it, have it to. is. You have to. This is your New
1: Year's resolution. One year. Do I need to just one year one year up on Twitter
5: and stuff, saying you look like a fat goof.
1: I mean, come on, buddy. You got at least trim it down. So two years ago, about haters, this time, there's a lot of haters out there, bro. One year, eleven months, and three weeks. Yeah. You told us you were gonna turn over a new leaf, become yeah. fit and trim. And then he spent a year being just a dog pile again. Yeah.
5: And now, you remember? Look when I, at you. You remember when I was going through that rough time? The yeah. best thing that ever happened to me was beach volleyball going away for a little while. I'm telling you guys that right now. You thought it was the worst thing at the time. No insurance. Yeah. I was devastated on a no job. And... Turns out you were just primed for basketball, bud. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, yeah. My wife and I said, let's get healthy and let's uh, let's start doing things the right way and eating right and working out and.
6: It's it's helped. I'm basically a veg- 22 pounds later, buddy. Basically a vegetarian now. Nicole doesn't eat meat anymore. I, mean, so I, 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 I can't. I can't do that. I can't. No, do I that, can't do that either. I don't. A lot
5: know. of organic, obviously, and uh, you know, trying to do things the right way. Nice. Yeah, to
1: look good on TV, but I like that Jeremy just the last couple of weeks. He's sitting over here, and we're working on the the home court here, the loft. For a long time, it's just been piles of paper, and we're trying to get cabinets and stuff put in. And he's going through the piles of stuff and he just keeps pulling out new things. Last week it was my senior
6: photo. Well, you leave these.
5: I just can't believe you leave that things was your around. Senior photo. Like who wears parachute pants?
6: You know what I like didn't a, even notice when I put a mid t-shirt. I mean, I don't know
5: what and who allowed you out of the midriff, house.
6: Midrift, It's tucked in. This picture is I don't know exactly. This picture is so awful. It took me 2 weeks to realize that his shirt was tucked in. It's tucked in.
5: Oh my god, it is tucked in. What? You tucked in a t-shirt? I don't think I've ever seen that. That was awesome.
1: Listen, in my defense, if was, he had a belt on it, would be Dude, better. you
5: have seriously MC Hammer parachute pants tucked in to your high tops with a white T-shirt. Everyone knows white T-shirts don't photograph. Girl. Gray. Tucked in. That's not gray. Tucked Heather in gray. to your parachute pants. Putting
6: that photo on the our only Facebook good page thing is has your been the best thing
5: for the show. The only good thing is your hair, which is feathered and lethal. I mean, it is. <laughs> In my defense, I mean honestly, like who goes? Hey man, I'm gonna tuck in this T-shirt. It's it was look awesome. It was who ni- does that? It was 1990 in the Midwest, man. That's what we
6: did. By the way, dude, you cannot
5: put this I've on the Midwest. I pegged my jeans and pegged my shirt. I put my a lot on the Midwest, there. but you cannot put this on the Midwest. <laughs> you, I mean, the only thing might have been worse if you were rolling some Tevas around, dude. You were some uh,
1: Tevas? That was in junior I guarantee college. you, I you he has tevas? photos of that.
5: Hold too. on, hold on. Have you ever had? A, have you ever had Tevas in your life? Uh, hold be on, be honest with me right now, bro.
1: come on, bro. Not your bro. Do it, man. That was 1991-92. That was five.
6: I took a year off. You were five? No, I'm just kidding. I was.
1: I went multiple, to junior college.
5: Multiple matches for the Ridge.
6: I went to junior Russian college, ninety two,
1: ninety three. back when Geter was about in the national championship match. ninety two, ninety three, ninety three, ninety four, or whatever it is. No, ninety three, ninety four, whatever. Early 90s. I'm at Pierce. And I did rock Tevas with socks. And jean shorts. No, not jean shorts. Do you know what's really cool? Kivas with socks Honestly, at Pierce. Did you did not go Kivas with socks. I'm surprised you didn't hear it the first time. That's with, why I repeated you know, it. No nobody should ever no, wear sandals. I no wonder and why socks, no girl ever.
5: liked you until later in your life. I mean, that is. But you know what's really cool, and you really think about that? You know how you always want to be the only guy that does this? You're my only friend in my life that's ever tucked in a white t shirt into parachute pants. And that, <laughs> and that I think, <laughs> is cool. Like, I think that's the cool part of it. The best part was that did, did check our check our Oh, trust it. me, I'm checking it. You are? Um Yeah, only Mark Rosen can say what's happening to you
6: right now. We need another Northridge guy. That's what we need. Jay Hosick and I last week said we put up embarrassing photos of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Jay found his Little League photo in his baseball uniform, but he had autographed it. 8x10 oh. glossy autograph. Yeah, you know
1: autographed.
5: See? There's, there's, on some level I love that and I respect that I love that Jay was signing autographs on his Little League okay pictures. so you I like that one awesome.
1: how about the next one let's see if you love and respect the next photo that was posted
6: I put a photo of a species of monkeys uh-huh. that have the same hairstyle that I have yeah Um, put them side by side comparison but even that photo could not take away from people crushing you about your photo Kevin <laughs> oh Geeter's dying he's choking to death <laughs> Peter, when we said get healthy, we meant stop smoking, too. Oh my God. Yeah, you all right, bro? No, oh, what happened right there? I would have put the uh, caricature, double, triple, quadruple chin photo of you, you online, but that, I don't, dude. I don't didn't have Garthoff, that anymore. Did
5: Gardhoff do that? No,
6: no, 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 no. no. It was, he did one that I didn't like. Yeah, too. that was Gardhoff that drew that. No, but you're this talking was about the one when we were on tour one some year. Some lady. Oh, so it's not the some
1: only. Some lady shoe no, triple
5: she chin. She was like the girlfriend of a guy that was doing the sound on stage, and he would be with us every weekend. He's kind of an interesting bird. And he's like, hey, my wife does these characters. She comes up and does one. <laughs> she makes me. I look like I'm 330 pounds. Uh. Jay Roche is pristine and perfect, not a hair out of place. Because when you do a caricature, you draw what you see. She came up, and I I still feel bad about this this day. She came up and goes, What do you guys think about this? And I go, I I personally don't think it's very good. (laughs) Off the stage. No, I
6: didn't say that. But I told her I didn't think it was very good. She seriously gave him four (laughs) chins.
5: It was Uh. was worse than Gardhaas. And Garoppolo does good work. He just had a bad day.
6: No, he had a
5: br- <laughs> yeah, you know, like a guy no. has a bad day. Shoots four from twenty from the field. Maybe strikes out four times. Hits negative one twenty from the left side. I mean, you pick a sport, you know, shoots seventy nine. I can go on no, and he on. He was so
1: brilliant because I had no Gardhoff eyebrows. Just didn't do a good job. I had no eyebrows, which is accurate. And and you had well, you didn't have that many chins, but that was an exaggeration. Reed had a big dome. Yeah, He looked like a cone conehead. It was awesome. I'm fine with that though. Large forehead. <clears throat> Are you
6: still checking for Rosen? Yeah, stop panicking. Yeah,
1: I did it. I'm just making sure. We're on their time today. See, no, I know. I'm... We're borrowing time from these guys. Nope, they they are an important bunch.
6: They have a lot better things to do than talk to us on on this show. They shouldn't. They should come on our show because we well, I this don't should... know what we do for them, but we do a lot.
1: This should be an important part of any volleyball coach's media strategy, obviously. <laughs> I agree. Obviously. How but are you going to get coach
6: of the year if you're not on our show?
1: When you're going to the Final Four. When you're getting ready, you're trying to get plane tickets, you're trying to organize the hotel, the schedule, the practice schedule, the buildings, when you're going to come on the show on Friday when we're on site, you know, when you're going to come by the table and, and sit down on the mic with us when you've made the finals. When you're trying to organize all that and you take five minutes out or ten minutes out to talk to us,
6: that's great. Are you texting Mark Rosen right now, please? Yes, thank I did. you. On a side note, did you see Who will ESPN's be, oh. Thirty for Thirty on Bo Jackson? You know what? Thank I, you for bringing that up. Is, I want to
5: see that. I think that, that guy is unbelievable. is
6: unbelievable. One of the it's best Bo Thirty for Thirties I've watched
1: because they went deep with it. Yeah, they took it. They you you could tell the movie maker had done his homework. Yeah. because he had a segment with Tecmo Bowl in it,
6: which is awesome.
1: And they, they showed Bo Jackson, because if you had Bo Jackson in the original Tecmo Bowl, which, by the way, I have in my attic, the original Tecmo Bowl and the machine, he would score we could play time. it right now, you could be Bo Jackson, and you could crush everybody and then outrun them. Yeah. He was unbelievable. Do you remember Mac from uh, Cleveland? <clears throat> He's also in that game. You could, he would truck everybody, but he couldn't outrun no. anyone.
5: Remember what he did to a uh, roided up Bosworth?
1: Crushed him. That's they what talked that about, that. too,
6: yeah. That, that was basically said, the end of Bosworth's career.
5: He never recovered. No. No.
6: no. Dude, but he also
5: hit a bomb, like a... 440 foot bomb or something in a all star game. Yep. Leading off. Yeah. I his mean, first
1: home run for the Royals was 515 wasn't feet. was The longest
5: with, home run yeah, ever hit in the stadium. It was. What was it with Bo? It was his, the hip really He up lo- his he, career, right? I was just at located, that I happened to be at that game. Dislocated his hip. I want to say against the Broncos, if I recall. No, Raiders. No, he was with the Raiders against the Broncos. The oh, I'm game. sorry.
1: No, it
6: was... Uh, Chiefs,
1: Cincinnati. Chiefs? Oh, yeah.
6: Cincinnati. No, he's right. The Bengals.
5: He's I was right, at the Bengals. game, and I remember that play, and no one really knew. You His know. hip
6: popped out, yeah. and then popped back in. Never again. the same, right? He told the doctors, they're like, no, no way that happened. Right. Right. And what he did, actually,
1: I'd never heard it actually explained. I knew he had Real I knew he had necrosis. Now. Yeah. I knew he had necrosis of the joint, which is you know the death of the joint, but he had actually severed the arteries that service the cartilage in your hip. And he was actually bleeding internally for a long time, and the cartilage
6: died in that joint. Wow. That's what happened. I and never he, knew
1: exactly what had happened. Then he came
6: back to baseball a few years later, and his first hit was a home run wow. right?
1: for his mom. And kudos to the fan. They didn't give the fan's name. Whoever it was, it gave him the ball back.
6: Good move by the fan.
1: You know, we have two CSUN alumni, and I introduced this man last week, and then we had to reintroduce him because we had Dan Fisher call instead. We had a Sullivan moment. <laughs> no way. Yeah, so... We know it's Mark well, Rosen this
5: week. We do have Mark Rosen on the line. I mean, in his 14th year at the University of Michigan, Go Blue, Go Blue. Go com. Blue! I mean, the coach oh, boy, blue. and his wife and the staff together have gotten Big Blue into the national semifinals for the first time. What a tremendous job he has done building that program! Knocking on the door. He and I were texting the other day, and the bottom line, the text just said, it's our time, and he was right. It was their time, taking down the Stanford Cardinal in dominant fashion, actually, doing a phenomenal job. Of course he earned his degree from one of the great universities on the planet where he played volleyball, Cal State Northridge. I heard it's the Harvard of the West. It is the Harvard of the West. That means... There's going to be a matador in the national championship game, and if that doesn't get the country excited, I don't know what will. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, put your hands together. Is he the coach of the year? We're going to find out because right now he's a front runner. Mark Rosen. Coach, how are you?
10: Uh, you are the intro king, as, as you used to do in the AVP.
5: Thanks, coach. I appreciate that. Uh, it's easy when we have people like you on. Thank you for making the time. Back-to-back weeks. What was that feeling? I think Kevin said it best just a little while ago. You were really keeping it together, Coach, but we know what was going on inside. When you were really starting to roll and you knew it was happening, tell us what that moment was like.
10: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. When we got up, by, you know, we talk a lot to our team about playing point for point and not getting ahead of yourself and not getting behind yourself, just playing the point you're in. But there was a period there where we were up by five or six um, in the fourth set that I started thinking about. You know, the next step, and I'm like, wait, hold on, slow down. And, uh, you know, it's hard not to wander there a little bit, but I'm really proud of how our team played, and they, they did a great job, uh, you know, both weekends so far in the NCAA tournament.
1: That was fun to watch. The shoulders were high, the chin was low. You could you could tell you were just holding it back.
5: It's was amazing, Coach. You,
1: you, guys, you guys went down 25-20 in the first set, and then came back and rolled them 25-20 through the next three sets. What adjustments did you make after that first set?
10: Yeah, we didn't make a ton of adjustments. The biggest thing is that I thought we played really tight in that first set. And understandably, the kids were nervous. They were, you know, though it's a big match and it's a big opponent. One thing I thought we did in the first set was we just were keeping the ball too far off the net with our with our first contact, with our passing. And our setter wasn't as involved. We weren't able to run, you know, as much middle or, or just keep the tempo. And for us against a big team like that, we've got to be able to be in system somewhat. And so I think from that regard, we, we started getting our passers to bring the ball a little closer to the net, and that helped. And, yeah, that was really about it as far as adjustments. We just needed to make sure we kept our our offense more balanced because they're they're a pretty physical team, and uh, we didn't want to be unbalanced against them.
5: Hey, how how key was it that your girls have had success against Stanford in the past, knowing that hey, we could compete, we can beat a team like this on the big stage?
10: Well, you know I think, ironically, I think it had a lot to do with it, and, and not from the stand This is a, a, a much different Stanford team than the last two times we played them. But in our players' heads, even, you know, we have seven freshmen, so they weren't there for those matches. But in our players' heads, I think when we saw Stanford on the board as far as in, in, our, uh, in our path, they look at that and say, hey, you know, that's, they see it as realistic as possible. Um, and versus, you know, you see, you know, maybe a Penn State where none of these guys have ever beaten before. That's a little more daunting. And so I think from that regard, you know, as coaches, we knew it was a much different team. And, you know, nobody on that team that, that played against us last year hardly on the floor and so we were, you know, internally we were like, hey, we got to make sure we're ready for certain things that are different. But our players, I think, in their minds just felt really confident. And that certainly helps. As you know, as an athlete, it's a big difference when you feel like you're, you've got a, you got know, a lot of confidence in it have a good shot.
1: In the press conference, you talked about your team and its attitude throughout the entire day and how different it was than when you'd been in that position before and how relaxed the group was. That certainly translated over to even the waning moments of set four when Stanford scored a couple of points, your team was still kind of happy-go-lucky, smiling, yet focused in the moment. Who is responsible for that? Are there particular individuals on your team that are, are making that happen?
10: You know what's funny is I think there's a lot of people, but I, and we're trying to figure that out, too. You want to always know what, what's creating that chemistry. But I think our freshmen have a lot to do with it, and really some of our freshmen that aren't playing really right now, in practice, in the hotel, in the bus, in the locker room, they're really loose. They're having a lot of fun. They're confident. They're very uh, confident in themselves and their team. Um, they're focused, but they're also having fun. And so, you know, like Carly Warner, our backup setter, um, Ali Davis, one of our outsides, those guys are they're hilarious. And I think they keep everybody else really light, which is huge. And especially Carly with our setter, and you see Carly and, and uh, Lexi all always together kind of in warm-ups and stuff, and, and Carly keeps Lexi really loose and having fun.
5: You, know, you look at this roster and you don't see a senior anywhere near it. You look at Jarrett's, only one senior in Shader McNeil. I mean, it just talks about the youth in our volleyball world, so strong, coming out of club, these kids that have played in big matches. It really says a lot about these programs and where you are. And your future looks bright, Coach. I mean, this isn't going to be your first trip.
10: Yeah, we, we, we certainly hope not, but there's a lot of freshmen. It's amazing when you look around the country right now and who's, you know, making impacts on their teams and freshmen and sophomores all over the place and Stanford's team. I mean, yeah, they are young and talented and, you know, same thing with, with uh, Texas. So it's interesting to see how quickly some of these young players are making impacts and how significant impacts they're making. So it's, it definitely bodes well for our sport over the next few years. There's going to be some some awesome teams out there.
5: You know, Mark, win without – attacking from the pins. It just seems that all four teams have that. Talk about Lexi Irwin and the match she had and what she's meant to this team.
10: Hey, you know, our pins are a little different because we're not you know, going to go toe-to-toe, out of system, big high sets. That's not necessarily what we do. But I think we score pretty well from the pins because our middles and because our setter does a good job of, of uh, creating opportunities for them. Irwin's been huge. You know, She's such a good hitter in tempo and in rhythm. Um, if we can get her a hole or a seam or a late blocker she's as good as, as there is. And uh, she's been really steady all year long for us, has paid, you know, huge uh, dividends for us and, and been a really – I've used the term with her, she's been a transformational player over the last year because at the end of last year she wasn't even playing front row for us. We were subbing her out front row and using her back row, and we didn't know where she was going as an attacker. And she, she worked her butt off in the weight room and in the gym and, and with our mental coach. She's done stuff with everybody and done a great job.
1: we've so had a lot of – successful young coaches on this program and they've talked about a group that they put together people they want to bounce stuff off of do you have such a group and heading into your first final four who do you turn to to talk to
10: well certainly you know we've made some calls to people that have been there before and and talked about that and um you know we have friends that that uh like to talk volleyball like to exchange information i'm not going to put their names out there though because it might make some of the other coaches mad so i don't want to I don't want to single anybody out, but we uh, we certainly you know we want to get advice from people, and at the same time, one thing we've talked a lot within our program, both as coaches and our players, is that we want to make sure we keep this the same. You know, we've we've done a great job over the last uh, you know month and a half, and we want to approach these matches, even though they're bigger and there's going to be a lot more fanfare around them. You know, we need to prepare the same way, we need to be ready the same way, and and go through the same routine. And I think our team is excited about that because of the comfort of that.
1: Your kids mentioned it. You mentioned it also, the concept of team. It's always fun to listen to programs where the coaches and the kids or the players at any level are all on the same page and say the same things independent of one another. How have you messaged what your group is about to these kids? And you mentioned some of them with the freshmen you've only had for a few months.
10: Yeah, it's it's certainly we try and, you know, we have a philosophy that we we build our program around and we try and make that a a consistent message day in and day out. And and so much of that is about the team and about playing, you know, playing with each other, playing for each other, and and really trying to get away from playing for ourselves and playing for our own stats or our own role. And, you know, a great example, like I mentioned earlier, our our setter, our backup setter, is, is unbelievably important in our program because she does a great job with scout team stuff. She does a great job with competition in our gym every day. She does a great job with with communicating and bouncing uh, things off of Lexi, so she's really critical. As are a lot of other players that maybe don't show up on the stat sheet, don't show up on the box score, and uh, you know I think it's something we've just tried to really get across to our team. And you know one of the coolest things I heard was uh, it was after the match on uh, against Stanford, and we you know we had a decent a decent lead. It was twenty four, you know twenty or whatever or eighteen, and so we had a little bit of a lead, and a little cushion, but. Um, Lexi Irwin called or Lexi Danimler called a play and I, she told me that uh, Lexi Irwin looked at her and said, Set Claire, who's our senior, our only senior, fifth year senior and, and she's really good. She's likely to get a kill, but I think if the match had been tight, there's no question Irwin probably would have said, Hey, set me, you know, and, and I would have but she, she wanted somebody else to be the one who gets the last kill, which was really cool. And ironically, you know, Claire I think got blocked or got dug and Irwin ended up taking the last swing and getting the kill. But I thought it was cool that she wanted to give that up to her teammate because that it's just the way she looks at things and the way our team looks at things.
5: You know, Coach, you lost six of eight there in the end of September and into October. October. Uh, you're playing in such a tough conference. What was kind of the turnaround for you guys, and did you know you had the team that would be able to make a run when it came to the NCAA tournament if you got in?
10: Yeah, yes. we've talked a lot about that. You want to try and figure out what those uh, turnaround things are so you can maybe do them in the future. And we're not 100% sure. There's a couple things. One is we were really – we had to shuffle our lineup. The first half of the season, we – I think rarely had the same lineup two two matches in a row because of injuries and just things going on. And it just really forced us to have to make a lot of changes, which, as you know, is hard to be consistent. Um, I think we had a lot of players still trying to figure out, young players trying to figure out how to play at this level, some older players trying to figure out how to be that unselfish, great teammate who's playing for somebody else. And all that kind of came together really after our, our loss at Purdue um, where we really didn't play well at all. And we had a you know, three-hour bus ride to Indiana that night and you know, had to get up and play Indiana the next day. And in between there, I thought our team really made some decisions and some choices to, that changed us as a team. And, and after that, we really started kind of rolling. Plus, we, we've been able to keep our lineup the same for the last month and a half, and, and that's been huge. And we've got a couple players that are not playing right now they are really good at practice They're ready, but they just haven't had a chance.
1: How much of that uncertainty? Because we see it with a lot of teams. Stanford was doing it early on as well. I could probably think of a couple of other squads that were looking for a solution early through the season and playing a bunch of different lineups. How much of that is due to the schedule? That you guys only have a couple of weeks to get ready for the season.
10: Yeah, it's crazy, and we have two basically two weeks before we go out there and start playing. And if you want to be in the hunt, those matches really matter as far as seeding and, and you know, being able to be in contention for the NCAs. This year we got a, a little tougher because our senior, Claire, our senior, who came back in great shape, you know, she was so good in, in our testing, and then the first day of practice she was ripping it, and then the second day she came into practice with a, a bit of a sore Achilles, and it started flaring up, and she was out for a month after that. And uh, it just changed everything. All of a sudden we're shuffling our lineup around, and we're trying to plug in holes because we really didn't have another right side. And,
8: but out of that
10: evolved our three-middle system that we're using, that I think has really been helpful for us. And had we not had those situations and had kids get playing time early because of that, we probably wouldn't be as good as we are right now.
1: Or to Texas, what do you do with those big outsides? How do you pack the Longhorns?
10: Well, they're going to get some kills. There's no question about it. You know, there's, you're going to have to roll the ball back sometimes and just say, let's go get a side out. And that's the, the counter for those type of kills. But we're going to have to play great defense, just like we did against Stanford. You know, there's – you're not going to even be in a game with that team unless you can really defend and try and, you know, put some pressure on them there. But that's going to be a challenge. They're they're big and they're physical. You know, they're a team – we like to get teams out of system. We feel like we can score a lot better in that situation. But they're a team that might not mind being out of system as much as most because they're just going to jack up ball pretty high and let their their big guns bang and they do it really well. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a – I was saying it won't be complicated because they're not a mo- the most complicated team, but they're really good at what they do. And so we've got to be able to, to try and counter that in some way. And at the same time, we've got to be really steady and service a because I don't think they're going to give up big runs. You, you can't come back on that type of team. And at this level, you, you can't do that on very many teams.
5: Coach, what was it like for you? Uh, you know, when you and your wife family embraced uh, in, in that moment, I mean, you know, 14 years in and what you guys have been able to do at that program, I, I got to imagine that that would be pretty special.
10: It was it was awesome. It's, it was, what was cool is hearing back from so many alumni over the years that, you know, we've talked about wanting to, to go to this level and to be at this level, and a lot of those alumni were huge. And even though they didn't get the experience, to experience it themselves, I think they're as excited about it now as we are. And, and, yeah, for Lisa and I, it's really special to be able to share that and to be able to, you know, know that our hard work's paying off. And one of the best things, though, when I saw at the end of the match, the team just swarmed Lisa. And in the middle of the court, they're jumping up and down, and she's right in the middle of it, and they're hugging her. And it, it they're like her kids, you know. She's there for them when they're sick or when they're tired or when they've got things going on. And it was really cool to see how much they embraced her after that
5: experience. Uh, real quick, Mark, obviously Russ Rose and Penn State, you know them. They're in the Final Four once again. It, it it really is amazing how they continue to get to this spot, isn't it?
10: Yeah, and they're so talented. I mean, they're, just, they're loaded again, and they've got a great recruiting class coming in in a couple of years. Um Russ does a great job. He's he's an iconic coach. He's you know, I think he, everybody in the game is striving to be where Russ is at. Um and he and he, he's earned it over a long the long haul. I mean he's been there longer than most of us have been involved in volleyball. And uh it's it's been hard work on his part and he's certainly reaping those benefits, but it's we're all chasing him a little bit.
5: Now you're playing against a a, for, a former Cal State Northridge alum as well, Jared Elliott in Texas. Whoa. Uh you looking forward to this matchup? King of the Matadors.
10: Northridge connection. I like it. I like
5: are
10: you looking yeah, forward you to know, that? I, Jared's, a, Jared's a really good guy. We've known each other a long time. We we've got some similar social circles and um I I I like playing against people that that we have good relationships with. It's it's it makes it fun. I don't think it's going to be, you know, of a huge rivalry, but we both are highly competitive and our teams are highly competitive, so it's, you know, we want to win, but it's going to be on the court and you know that the, you know, the kind of guy you can go out afterwards and you know shake his hand and know that uh that the game's over and you move on.
5: Mark, thanks so much. Back to back weeks. You know, you bumped Lamb off the show. It would have been his first uh, appearance last week. So good work <laughs> with that. And uh, I know he's going to be bummed if he sees it at the final. That's a Four. personal
10: kudo right there. I think I can bump Lambo. I'm happy.
5: Hey, great job, Mark. Really proud of you and what you guys have been able to do. And thanks for making time for us. And good luck. Thanks for coming on again.
0: Hey, guys.
1: You guys. All right, Mark Rosen, head coach at Michigan. The Wolverines. Getting it done. You know, the Wolverines did pretty well in the mascot challenge last week, Geter, until they ran into the Cyclones. I just don't think you can beat a Cyclone. I don't see any... I mean, there's no mascot on here I can I can figure out that can deal with the Cyclones. Not even wow, the Shockers. The is going
5: to be good, man.
1: Not even the Shockers can deal with the Cyclones.
5: Don't you think? Yeah. You're not at the show. Barney?
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun. Oh, it's going to be a blast. You're not going to be there, but it'll be a blast.
5: Can that Oregon-Penn State game be a,
1: be a war? I'd love to see that thing be a battle. I got Oregon winning it. I have Oregon winning. So it better be a war. Because if it's 3-0 Penn State and just more rolling, that, that blows my bracket. I'm done. I'm out. I'm not winning the NetLive Championship.
6: You got a trophy, medal. Well, we got a Dundee. That's true.
1: All right. Well, do we have our uh, our new guys? We have one of them. I okay. thought we were going to break. Let's take a break. All right. Let's take a break. Stop panicking. We still have College Volleyball Weekly coming up. We also have two more coaches to go, Jim Moore and Russ Rose. We'll both be joining us. Right after
5: College of Volleyball Weekly, The Net Live, Big Monday. Volleyball Mag, the industry's number one volleyball magazine. Volleyball Magazine has been serving the volleyball community for over 20 years with the latest in volleyball news. And information, product reviews, athlete profiles, fitness, health, and travel-related features. It's published nine times a year. Volleyball Magazine brings you the inside to the access to sports biggest stars, whether it's at the junior, collegiate, or professional level, sand or indoor. Volleyball Magazine has you covered both on and off the court. Visit us now. Do it. www.volleyballmags.com and subscribe for one year for only ninety nine. Do that now and receive a new water bottle forty nine. 49- Dollar value free compliments of our friends at Naturally Energized Water Bottle Company. Volleyball Mag, the industry's number one volleyball mag.
4: I fell heavy into your arms. These days of ours, which we've known, will blow.
1: Welcome back into the Net Live on a Monday. Remember, we have a special Friday program coming up live from AVCA Convention. It's going to be a good one, star-studded, undoubtedly. And then next Monday we will have yet another Net Live. With all this stuff going on, we have to keep bringing you programs. Geter, we'll have uh, Kelly Tennant here, a female voice on the Net Live. When's that? For once, next Monday. Next Monday. Is Geter going to be here? Because we need another. I'm not going to be here. I'll be here.
6: Yeah, I'll be here. We need another mic then. We'll get another oh, actually, mic. I don't I'm just talk it, to, her I don't to tell me tell. on the show. You don't need
1: a mic? No. No. All right. Jeremy's mic will go to Kelly. We'll need another chair. We'll
6: rotate around here. Although I have coughed the Ebola virus on my microphone, and I marked it so nobody else uses it. I don't want mm-hmm. her to get It's sick. not the Ebola virus. Are you sure? Didn't Are you she, sure? I was pretty you weren't,
1: you weren't bleeding out at any Are point. You sure? <laughs> Are you positive? <laughs> Are you threatening me? <laughs> You continue to go through my things over there. I like that. And it's, well, first of all... You came up with my uh, my engagement pictures magnet. Which are great photos. You have about eight of them
6: over here on your metal filing faded. cabinet. Well, cause
1: when you move, you don't know no, to
6: do No, no, I'm fine with the photos. Just, oh, there's oh, one oh, that you good. have of your wife on your shoulders. I don't know why you guys would take that photo.
1: Because I'm tall.
6: No, I get it. I know, Jeremy. If your wife jumped on your shoulders, you'd fall over,
1: being of similar size. It's hard to carry your own weight because you're not... Wow.
4: Mad. Do, wow. you, do you not
1: listen
6: to the intro when it says I have great thighs, <laughs> strong thighs? I could throw you on my shoulders and I'd be fine.
1: <laughs> Just for those of you who are following along, the uh, the flag football Eagles are in yet another Super Bowl, and if I don't win next Sunday, I'm going to have to change my name to Marv Levy because you'll be over four. I'll be over three at that point. <clears throat> uh, so hopefully next week, uh, do you need celebrating me to come play music
6: to help you out. Or I'm,
1: I'm coming off of a, uh, a drunken stupor from the celebration party. For the Eagles Flag Football Championship, we'll see. We'll see how that all works out.
5: You guys did win the championship. Or we're you in the championship.
1: We're in the championship. We... From
5: a team that didn't win, you like the Bad News Bears. You guys were terrible a couple of years ago, weren't you? Yes,
1: we started our first season one and eleven, three and eight, eight and three. You got Super You Jimmy Johnson in you. Eight and three Super Bowl. Uh, next year moved up a level. Didn't go Super Bowl. Last year Super Bowl. This year this is, Super is your this is your off. year. You need to win. Hats
5: off to yeah. the to the. To the parents in the league for allowing your process to continue and the kids to enjoy the journey. You're lucky your ass didn't get fired three years ago. Most people are like getting have had fired you early
1: on on the street.
5: Yeah. After a three-win season in flag football, right? <laughs>
1: well, I never thought that we were going to get there this year because we started with a whole new group. We tied the first game zero-zero. We lost the second game on a, on a pick-six, and that was it. Didn't give up a touchdown six-zero. And then we we've won every game since, so we've we've run through the league. Do you think
6: any of the flag football parents listen to the show? No.
1: Okay. Do you still go on Volley Talk? <laughs> did
5: you did you put up our show on there? Yeah, it's up there.
1: Those guys are getting a little antsy
5: on there, man. Oof. I haven't been on in a long, long time. I don't have an account anymore. They're so grumpy
1: because you used your real
6: name.
5: Typical
1: typical
6: That's, posting board. Sawdy got on on for almost ten minutes.
1: Well, let's put Sandy on because we're not waiting on Rose Dollar anymore. Okay. Number. Give me the music, if you would. I thought you were just, just going with it. No, we, we need the music. We need the intro. I know your attitude. Each week, the NetLive is proud present the best of what was and a look towards what will be in the world of college volleyball. We do it on the College Volleyball Weekly. We appreciate the support that the ABCA brings to that program. In this segment, we've had... Great analysis all year long from Brandon Rosenthal and Mike Sondheimer. Rosenthal, I know, has a recruit on campus because he's trying to get better. He couldn't win his conference tournament and make the big dance this year, so he had to do something. The recruit should be on the show. How cool is that? Yeah, the recruit should know that he's on this program, and that's actually a big bonus when you're getting recruited at Lipscomb University in Nashville. So I channel my inner Geeter, Bisons, Lady Bears, in my book. Let's bring into the program a man who had his own unfortunate result this year, and that was his UCLA Bruins losing the defending national champions, going down in round number two to the Michigan State Spartans. But he's hung in there with us, and we appreciate that. Mike Sondheimer. Sondy.
8: Hey, great to talk to you guys. I think it's all up to Geeter's speech as to what's going to happen in Louisville. I wonder, I'm surprised Mark Rosen didn't ask
5: for a speech. They're all alums. Yeah,
1: that's tough. you really should that's talk tough. to both. Right. I, I got
5: to think about what I'm going to do there. I mean, I I like Mark Rosen a lot. And I like the you can't program, hate on the Wolverines. So, oh, of course I will not hate on the Wolverines. I I promise you that. But if you're still riding have with nothing that to do. With the, yeah, I I won't at all fight with the Wolverines. I, I I love Mark and his family, and I hope they do they do great. Okay,
1: let's start with that matchup that occurred in the national quarterfinal. It would be Michigan and Stanford. Uh, Sandy, were you surprised by the result?
8: Well, I'll tell you the most amazing stat, if I'm going to give you a stat today. Stanford, if you take out Michigan, in the NCAA tournament since 1992, when they win set one, has won 96% of its matches. Michigan now has gotten to Stanford two years in a row after Stanford won set one, which is like absolutely amazing.
1: That is amazing. So what is it about uh, Michigan that's a little bit different?
8: I think that uh, Mark's team has a lot of character. They hang in there, and they keep battling and battling. And gradually, I think they actually wore down Stanford. I think that mentally they actually, not physically, but I think mentally they wore down Stanford, digging up a lot of balls. And Lexa Irwin was absolutely great on the outside. And they, they had a very nice attack. I mean, they played very well. And give them credit. I mean, they've had the toughest road to get to Louisville because they had to beat Louisville on their home court, let alone a good Tennessee team in five sets. And they come all the way out west, and now they go all the way back to Louisville again.
1: From the toughest road to the easiest road, Penn State three zero, three zero, three zero, and then Minnesota actually got a set off of them. We were having this discussion earlier on the program. Is it good or bad if Penn State wins yet another title?
8: I mean, I think yeah. in the sport that you have a dominant program and everybody tries to emulate them, and I think you have a dominant coach in Russ Rose, and he's somebody who has really set the bar so high. And the, the problem is, if Penn State wins this year, they'll be even better next year. they get all seven starters back. They'll be a year okay. better, and they've got a couple recruits coming in.
1: What about that national semifinal, Penn State versus Oregon? Oregon, the team that was hot early on, and that kind of... Little part, that dark part of the season, and has come back strong through the tournament. I mean, they went through Nebraska three sets to one in convincing fashion.
8: Well, what a lot well, of a lot people don't know, and it's really interesting, is that in the opening match a year ago, Oregon is the one at Penn State that snapped Penn State's 94-match home winning streak. They went out they and went beat out. them to show, they were, to show they have a really good team. And then also this year, Oregon State, a team that didn't make the NCAA tournament, beat Penn State in a neutral site in Chicago. And then Oregon beat Oregon State twice. So I figure Oregon's got a legitimate shot. Oregon State has more senior starters than any of the four teams in the event. Uh, Lauren Plum this weekend will not be un- unknown anymore. I think she's the best setter that's not known in the country. And Elena Burzma is an outstanding outside hitter. And Jim Moore, right in my mind, is the AVCA Coach of the Year. So they'll give Russ everything he can handle.
5: Is, is Moore going to win that, do you think?
8: Yeah, I'd yeah. say it's a sure thing. I mean, I don't see why why he shouldn't, based on what he's accomplished. They were a team that was barely in the top 20 at the start of the year. Everybody expected Texas and Penn State to be there. Michigan's had a great run in the tournament, but I think the gym thoroughly you know, deserves it based on what he's accomplished. I mean, they've done great things all year.
5: Now, I agree with you with uh, Plum. Coached against her for years when she was playing for Ojan down right, there in Sandy. Right. She's just not afraid to take risks, and and she's really one of those players that just is so competitive, and kids like to follow her, and and, and she's a great leader out there.
8: Yeah, for Penn State, the big thing for Oregon is Oregon has really got Nebraska out of system by serving tough. They have to be able to serve tough to get Penn State out of system, as Penn State has all those backcourt players that pass the ball so well so they can run their middle and run their slides.
1: I think we can't overlook either the role that uh, Fisher and Brenner have played for Oregon. They have been excellent outside, and it seems like. Hey, Brenner
8: may be the best all-around athlete in volleyball. When you look at it, a school like UCLA recruiter for a softball scholarship, um, she goes out and plays basketball. She's um, okay. done everything for Oregon and has come along so strong. And Fisher is just nails out there. And you look at the way Williams and the freshman Finley have come out in the middle and Jacobs is outstanding libero. I mean, they will give. They'll give Penn, I think Penn State would have had a better shot at beating Nebraska playing them a third time than and Oregon I think will give them a tougher match.
1: How about going into college, Geeter? You're recruited. You're on scholarship for one team. You actually start and perform for three teams. Oh wait, softball, I know that kid. Softball, basketball, yeah, you know and volleyball. That's she, Brenner.
5: You know what? She um she played for Nike Northwest. I want to say, Sandy. She was the she single-handedly beat my sports check team one year at this Reno tournament. The year we won the title, actually, in a tournament about a month before JOS. She single-handedly beat us. And I want to say she She's did track strong. too. She might be yeah like yeah. shot put champion. Yep. Uh, in the state of they wanted to do that this year. Yeah, she's well, the other big
8: thing this weekend is we're going to, have to figure out who's Player of the Year because I think it's down to Eckerman of Texas, Bergsma of Oregon, and Scott of Penn State. That's all three of them Conference MVPs, and it's going to be a, a real battle back there to see who's going to get that award on Friday at the AVC at the AVC event.
5: No, uh, there's no uh, there's no Bailey Webster in that conversation, huh?
8: I think you have to go with Eckerman. I mean Eckerman is in there all the way around. Her serve is fantastic to go with her front court play and is as well Beck, Webster's been had some great matches, but Eckerman's been the most steady throughout the year and you have to go with who's the player of the year in the conference, I think, looking at it for postseason.
1: So who's your pick, Sandy? Here we have Penn State versus Oregon, we have Michigan versus Texas. Give me your picks.
8: Well, depending on Geeter's pep talk, I think Penn State will probably beat Texas in the finals, but I think Oregon has a legitimate shot at Penn State. Michigan, I think, a zero way. Michigan's got six of their seven starters back. Mark Rosen's done a tremendous job, and next year he's not going to sneak up on teams. But people don't forget about Michigan. Six of the last seven years, he's made the regionals, and they've hardly been seeded at all.
5: You know, maybe my speeches are only good during the regular season and the playoffs, but not the Final
8: Four, you know what I'm
1: saying? Did
5: he just pick Penn State? (laughs)
1: Oh, Geeter, you're saying you yeah. get a little nervous when it's Final Four? Time no, and you I don't think perform? I
5: deliver, but they haven't led to a win yet, so obviously they're not that inspiring.
8: I mean, I'm I mean, Russ, is, Russ, is, Russ gets a win in the semis. He's the all time winningest coach in the NCAA you know, finals and, and to begin with. And I think, I mean, it's just tough to bet against them and, and play against them. And Oregon, he's got a week to get ready to, to come up with some holes in Oregon to be able to do. And they've already played Texas once. They beat Texas. I think it would be much tougher if they play again because they beat Texas in three, but that was on Penn State's home court. And Texas was running at 6 2 before they switched to the 5 1 and have McNeil's just been playing great for Texas.
1: Mike Sonheimer, we always appreciate your wealth of information. It's going to be a great week. Yeah, I know you won't be yeah,
8: I'll miss you guys back there.
1: Yeah, in Louisville, first time long time. But we will hear from you next Monday. Thanks, Mike.
8: Wish you guys the best. Take care.
1: All right, Mike Sonheimer, checking out. College Volleyball Weekly. I tell you what, it was a little bit of a shorter segment because we're left with less to talk about with just these teams here. I like all the names being thrown around. Fisher, Brenner, Bergsman, Plum, McClendon, Scott, Webster, Ackerman, Irwin. I mean, it these, teams, these kids can play, man. There are a lot of good players and talked about it earlier and we've talked about it all year with Stanford and some of the other teams that have been out there, the role that freshmen are playing in the game today because the game is being pushed and being as, and, and being progressed. You mentioned Long Beach, Mizzuno yeah. Long Beach and, and what Joy has done there, uh, Furbringer and, mm-hmm. and what has gone on at the junior level is starting to show up at the
5: collegiate yeah. level. It, there's so many good clubs in SoCal that it just blows you away when you go to these tournaments and everybody's good. And then you go see teams nationally and, you know, there's great volleyball being played all over the country. I mean, there's clubs in every state and they're legit. I mean, Texas volleyball off the charts, Florida volleyball, phenomenal. You go to the Midwest, it's great. Nebraska, I mean, it's just, it's good everywhere, man. And it's just, it's it's incredible.
1: Yeah, it's good for the sport. It's good for, uh, really its role in the ncaa and we we mentioned it last week and the way that the game is played and the way it features female athletes is top notch and i think it ought to get more attention than it gets even though it's growing it's healthy i like what's happening i think it deserves even more attention i agree 100 percent
6: do we need to make our picks before gator has to go get his daughter who all right
1: let's make our pick we're gonna get russ here in just a minute i'm sure he'll be calling we're gonna get five minutes with russ rose of Penn State. But so we're left with Penn State, Oregon and Texas, Michigan. Now, if I go back to my bracket, I had Oregon and Minnesota facing off. So I still have Oregon and Penn State. I'm going to stick with the Ducks. Maybe it's the helmets. (laughs) Maybe it's the facilities. I don't know. Or the mad scientist at the helm. I'm going to stick with the Ducks. Then it's Texas and Michigan. This is a tough pick for me. Don't go with your heart. I like Mark Rosen. I like what he's done. I'm going to put Texas in the national championship match against Oregon. I'm going to take Oregon to win it. And we're going to get to your picks in a second right after this caller because you're going to take a moment and introduce, introduce the man who's on the rock formation in the Dakotas.
5: Is he on the line with us now? Yep. The man who is one of the four faces on Mount Rushmore of volleyball. Mount Rushmore. He is the Phil Jackson of our sport, Kevin Barnett, and he's taking this time to join us, I believe. Is he there, Jeremy Roche? Let's bring him in
11: and forget the introduction because we only have five minutes with him.
5: Russ Rose, Penn State. How are you, Coach?
11: Phil Jackson. I'm liking that. That's, uh, that's my boy. I like that.
5: Oh, Coach, congratulations. Uh, once again, just another dominant performance. How proud are you uh, of this group of girls and where they are right now?
11: Well, I'm pleased that uh, you know we're still playing. You know I think uh you know last weekend we had a couple of tough matches. Kentucky's very good they do uh they do the things they do well, and we had to uh compete and and I thought Minnesota, as we saw them the second time around in conference was was playing great, and Hughes uh getting the kids to do the things that uh he has great experience in so you know we had two very tough matches so i was pleased that uh that we advanced and of course i hear you picking the ducks against uh, texas so hopefully the big 10 teams we can do something about that
5: <laughs> speaking of big 10 teams uh how about Mark Rosen, what he's been able to do over there at michigan i mean what an amazing run they're on
11: yeah, no, I mean there's no question about it. I mean uh I, I think Mark and his staff have been doing a, a good job for a number of years. So, you know, the beating Tennessee in five and then beating Louisville at Louisville. We we played Louisville earlier in the year and you know, certainly the the match with uh you know, Stanford is Maybe not as much of a surprise because they've they've seemed to have matched up well with Stanford uh two or three of the last couple of times they've played. So you know, when kids think they can win, that's a you know, that's a great elixir.
1: Coach, I know the people who look forward to you holding court at the hotel bar are yeah. coach this year. Uh but I, I want to talk about your outside hitters, Ariel Scott and December. They're always in the discussion when it comes to best two outside
11: in the country in a well you know you're, you're breaking up a little bit so but are you still there Oh, yeah, we're here yeah okay here. i mean uh well, certainly i think from a hitting standpoint a, a scott's having a terrific year as an attacker you know i think uh she she can score from both the front row and the back row and can hit from anywhere along the net and Uh, will be able to make a good bit of money when she's finished with college. Deja's really kind of changed her game, and in changing her game, her numbers have gone down from a hitting standpoint, but her passing and her back row defense has gone up so significantly that it's allowed us to have the season we've had. So from my standpoint, you know, I know people look at it and go, well, she probably didn't have as good a year. So, you know, whatever their thoughts on the matter are, but she allows us to – to stay in system, which in the end ends up being the most important part of the game. You know, coach
5: got got on the right is in, in the past you've had great. Hello. How important is that right side position?
11: Again, you're breaking up. It could be on my end, but uh, I mean, you know, the right side position, you know, depends how how you put your lineup together. You know, when I had Blair Brown, you know, we felt with Blair and Alicia on the right side that we could block anybody's best hitters. So we never had to worry about the matchup as it dealt with left side attackers. Uh, a scott's blocking is not her strength but we also recognize it doesn't make a difference who their left side blockers are because she has uh she has a pretty good array of shots and hits the ball from a high contact point but you know i think it's a systematic thing different teams do different things you know we played texas earlier and we played michigan so uh you know michigan mcelaney is uh is very good off of one foot and hits the slide well and you know so they're always coming at you uh you know, off of one foot in that position of the court. So that really kind of challenges your blockers. So you have to have both blockers being able to block the slide, and you can't really pick one or the other. But, in you know, in our case, uh, you, know, we, we, uh, you know, with this team at least, you know, A. Scott's getting a lot of swings. It's, you know, maybe not the lineup that I envisioned in the, at the beginning of the year, but, uh, you know, it's a lineup that's worked hard, and, uh, you know, they've got themselves in a position to go and compete for the championship, which is usually one of our goals. What's the game plan versus Oregon?
0: <laughs>
11: yeah, I'm going to tell you my game plan. My game plan right now is, uh, you know, I got the tape today, so I'm actually just watching the tape of them playing Nebraska. So I saw them on TV a couple times during the year. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously Bergman's having a having a terrific year and, you know we played them last year at home and they beat us the first match of the year, so we know that uh, the setter is a an unbelievable talent and you know she's certainly uh, you know one of the more exciting players in in college volleyball just with uh, how she can throw the ball around.
1: Coach, congratulations on the final four and thanks very much for the time. We'll see you this week.
11: Hey, okay, my pleasure. You guys take care. Bye bye.
1: Russ Rose, head coach at Penn State, looking for yet another title, another. Title. Do we have a number on that? I don't even have the number in front of me for Russ Rose. The how many titles he's picked up there? I know you're all texting and tweeting and looking at the chat board, but dude, he's,
5: dude. I just want
1: to know what the, the actual number he is. He had
5: four in a row, right? I mean, right. someone will know in the chat room. I, I think it's five or six. Five. Cam says six. Some, Cam says six. Nittany Lion says five. This will be six. He said, "Yeah, he has five oh, this, right now. He wants four in a row." This will be six.
6: I like these guy the Guys got five rings. He's one, one
5: behind Jordan. Two behind Robert Ory. Tied with Magic and Kobe. So, oh, what's your uh, what's
6: your final four? Uh, what's your uh, who's going to win? Yep, yeah,
5: you're you know, have a hard. You better start with Penn State, Oregon, because
1: you're going to have a hard time I, it I, I
5: It's really tough for me to pick against Penn State, although I was so impressed with that Oregon team and what they were able to do against Nebraska. And I think Sonny made a great point about them do that they do have more seniors playing than anybody else. Um, and I think Plum is just ridiculous, but I think Penn State too physical. Uh, I think Penn State wins a close one. I'm picking Texas over Michigan. I think Michigan's run has been incredible, and I wouldn't be surprised if they were in the national championship game. Um, but I'm going to go with Texas on this one, and I think it's going to be a rematch from 2009. I think it's going to be Texas first, Penn State, and I think uh, Jared Elliott and the Texas Longhorns get, uh, get his first national championship. And um, Longhorns have had a couple in the past, but it'll be Jared's first. And I just kind of got that weird feeling after watching them against SC that at, that's their time. Yeah. Um, but as I said earlier on the show, and I mean it, I'm not trying to, uh, to pump up all four programs, but every single school that's left in the Final Four has an amazing story, is on an amazing run. So you can make a case for each team, and whomever wins this t- title, Jeremy, I will be legitimately oh, happy for them. Of course. On Monday. Of course. And there's not a question about it because I think they all do a great job, and, and whomever wins, it's going to be a fantastic Final Four. But I'm definitely going to ride with Texas on this one. Can't wait to hear about your speech. Will yeah. you give a post
1: speech if they win? Do you get an opportunity to give a post? I think speech? so. Are you just a pump-up guy or are you a wrap-up guy too?
5: Uh, I think I'm going to be if they can if they can win it then then I'll then I'll have to fly in for the banquet and give a post post one.
1: I'm just looking down the Oregon schedule here in preparation for Jim Moore who's going to be joining us. You know, lost to Cal, lost to Stanford, back to back. Two losses in three days. Tough win, 3-2 over Arizona State at home, mind you. Then they got a little bit back on track, win over Arizona, but then lost to Washington, 3-2 at Washington. And since that point, they have not lost. That was November 16th. So ne- nearly a month ago for Oregon. Yeah, yeah, win yeah, over yeah, Washington they're... State. UCLA was the big one. Oregon State expected, and then, of course, uh, Pepperdine, Northern Colorado.
5: I mean, here's the thing. We can all make... Predictions and say why we think a team's going to win. The Mm -hmm. bottom line is these kids got to get in that situation. And they got to perform. They got to execute. You have to be able to adjust on the fly. You have to be able to be down o two or down 0-1 and have that confidence and that that grit and that fortitude to be able to get through that. Uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen in these situations. You really don't. I mean, Penn State has been there before. They've won so many titles. They look so good. Texas looked unbeatable against SC. But you know what? Four or five days later, you got to get out there and you got to do it again.
1: So it even is. the even the kids though, if you're a kid at Penn State. Even if you're a young player, you know that history, you and, know what you're a part of. I don't think it takes very long. I don't think it takes even a couple of weeks, the early part of your first year at that program to for you to adopt that attitude, and I think that's
5: different at places where they haven't won yet, and that becomes a huge rolling advantage hey. I, I go back to that 93-year a lot, but you know, Sealy and Sully and Nygaard and those guys, they hadn't been there before either. Uh, Sealy would have been the first UCLA setter to not win a national championship. They hadn't been to the national championship game yet, and neither had we. But they had that UCLA swagger, yeah. that UCLA history behind them in poly, and their coach had been there 20 times. So they knew what they were doing. I mean, hey, people win the first time in the finals. You look at Michael Jordan, look at Kobe. Uh, it, it happens it happens you 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 can win your first time there it's just a matter of you know when you get into that moment you know you create your own destiny you play well you execute the ball's got to go your way too you got to get some breaks anytime i've been a part of something significant to be meaning, a little lucky. you got to get your breaks a little bit now I, right. I always tell my right. teams cuz you don't want to count on being lucky but you got to create your own luck and you got to be you got to be good to get lucky there's no question about it. but every JO's championship i've ever won something went our way whether yeah. it's a call, a ball bouncing, you know, you, who knows? Yeah, that's
1: a good point. You could be Michael Jordan or Kobe, or you could be the Jazz. Yeah. The Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Or the flag Football yeah, Eagles. Yeah, Buffalo
5: Bills were there. I mean, you know.
1: Here's what's going to happen. Jim
5: Kelly was there four times, and they still didn't win. In a row. Norwood misses one, uh, you know, 48 White. yarder. Wide right. yards wide. Was that wide left or right? Laces yeah.
6: out. Yeah. Laces out, Dan.
5: Finkel's the mayor. Here's Finkel, what's going to happen. Einhorn. Finkel,
6: Einhorn. Kevin, you have convinced me that Oregon's good and they're going to beat Penn State. Oh, yeah. look at you getting on board. I know. You're sitting in a green chair. Maybe that was part well, of it. Well, it's only because there's only four teams left, so I figured I could jump in now. <laughs> Texas is going to beat Michigan. Okay. And then Texas is going to win it. Picking Texas to win it. Look yep. at you.
1: <clears throat> all right. So Talk you, to you guys on Monday. So you and I have the <laughs> same final final match. Yes. We have different winners. Yep. Okay.
5: Well, since we've all jinxed, you know, there's no question Michigan's going to win now, right? Because <laughs> really jinxed everybody else. <laughs> we've, we've had him on the show twice. Yeah.
1: we tried to eliminate him from the tournament by just having Mark on the show, because that's worked in the past with most teams. Come on the show, get out of the tournament.
5: You know, if, if Mark wins it in Michigan, he flies in to do the show live, doesn't he?
6: Reed uh, gives him the credit card. Yeah, just no question in.
5: Reed, Reed pays for that.
6: There's a credit card? Yeah. Is there a net live credit card? <laughs> no, I'm just Why saying Reed's personal it? credit card. That's what I've been using. What have you guys been using? No, oh, my bad. Maybe I shouldn't have told you that. Uh, my bad.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what a uh, a quart of chocolate pudding costs.
5: So I'm not sure. This what
6: e- Geter's breakfast this morning, me run over,
5: easily costs
6: five ninety five.
5: It was ten bucks. It's because uh, oh, it's, it's, it's like a new
6: Asai place right by Millie's school.
5: It's Asai, organic peanut butter granola and blueberries. If you've never done the blueberry peanut butter combination, delish. Uh, delish. Try it
6: in your smoothie. Add a little banana. And here's just phenomenal. Here's my question for you, though. Are you sure you're supposed to eat 1,000 calories in one sitting? This may be healthy for you, but 1,000 calories in one sitting. Don't
5: worry about what I'm doing nutritionally. Don't question me. Like it has to be It tastes good when I get to drop Millie off at school, which is rare. I get one. I, I have eight punch holes in my 10 punch hole card. Yeah, I'm know. almost having a free one. I'm not so stopping. You have, I, noticed I, I, didn't know, I
6: noticed I didn't get a text today asking me if I wanted one.
5: You know, how many times have I
6: bought you guys breakfast burritos? And how twice, many times has no. that been reciprocated? I don't know. More than twice. I don't, I don't keep
1: track. I just appreciate it. I'm not keeping score.
6: First of all, you still owe me $500. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm trying to make talk, up for it. Oh, Let's talk about that. I'm trying to make up for it in breakfast burritos. He makes a good point. Three burritos took Three, a three game. burritos is not way,
5: wait, close. took a game off Walsh in May which I said it just was not a good matchup. They played every weekend for 13 Weekends in a row, and yeah. they would get hammered. They don't block. And then I said, "Listen, I'll give you five hundred dollars if they take a game." And of course, twenty-two twenty, they win game one. I still owe them money. You know what the the apparently minus two breakfast burritos.
1: Yes, you, you owe four hundred and eighty-seven dollars. Yes.
6: Little Fat Jeremy doesn't need a breakfast burrito. <laughs> <No. though. laughs> that's gonna be the new that's gonna be the new breakfast burrito at your place. Little, no. fat, Little Jeremy. fat Jeremy. Uh, Dustin Little Dustin A Ball has now known not to bet me in volleyball as well. I bet him a hundred dollars in Vegas. That Furby and Phil would double block in a game against and they did, didn't Sean they? Rosenthal and Casey Patterson. You had insider trade. No, in I had Vogel no. I just said this you know is what's going to happen. That's actually a good first point of the, the, the big game. Bigs always like to do block. Yeah, double block, block. Yeah, that was a good
5: call. Of course, buddy. it's going to happen. You just took advantage of a young kid like Dusty. Yeah, yeah,
6: and well, he was—he's not young anymore. I mean, he's in his thirties. He just said, "Yeah, young, I'll take that. Young mentally." Yeah, yeah, you know,
5: nervous being the lone guy on the mic. He was thirty, going tournament. on seventeen.
6: Yeah, he really wants your job. You can have it. dude. I, I didn't do the job
5: this year. It's my first time in 15 years. I did not announce one beach volleyball match. So there are know, only six Romo. Anyway. Romo did some. Luke Van Balen did some. That's not kittens and candles all the time, guys. It's not. It's not kittens and candles. <laughs> oh, when are you going to say if you're not winning the national championship, you're not doing a good job? Where is the? dumbest yeah, you want me to take? You want me to give ever you that, said that drop said This
8: show. So drop take it, it in with now.
5: now. Here, hold on, Jeremy. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. hold on. Hold on. National
1: championship. You can now cut that in. <laughs> If everyone was doing a great job, then everyone would win the championship every year. Wait, there's one more. You didn't win, so you must
5: not have done a good job. I just think that is asinine. <laughs> I think it's. I don't know uh, how Reed didn't write an email about that to the show apologizing for your actions. The so apologize the to anyone who might have been offended? One of those? I was offended, yeah.
1: One of those. Emails. I'd like to apologize if... I offended you. Like Jim Lampley had to do. He had that quote well, let this me week ask you this. after the
5: Pacquiao knockout that he compared it Your to the You're a little Typhoon. flag football team. Yeah. Haven't you come a long way? Haven't you done a good job? Eating orange slices, going eight and three. <laughs> Isn't that a good job, buddy? You guys stunk. You were one and 11. Here you are in the Super Bowl of flag football. You've done a good job. Guess what, Kevin? You might not win the championship. You might get
6: beat, buddy. Yeah,
1: but you I might get But beat. I didn't do a good job. Oh, man, you're a loser. <laughs>
6: Is that what you're going to tell your kids? Hey, kids. I told you. You guys didn't win the flag football yeah, championship. You did You terrible. did do a you good
1: suck. job. Yeah, it's strange how the, the roster turns over 100% every year. I don't know why that happened. Yeah, even dude, my own son quit last yeah, year. You I don't know why. You keep I'm recruiting I'm just coaching kids. a bunch of random yeah. kids. I don't it's even have my recruiting. kid anymore. My kid said I
4: recruiting. Dad, I quit. Yeah.
5: <laughs> oh, man, that's
1: funny. Uh. All right, well, national championships coming up. Who do, who do we need to talk to? Who do we need to drag in? This week on the Friday, oh, dude. Program. You grab
6: everybody. Get seals. Well, get all the. Gotta it, get sealing hands. Everybody who there walks by the table, you grab them. That's the thing. It, it, some them,
1: if we don't get them arranged, they're not going to walk by the table. We have to get them arranged. You know, and I got to be on top of it. Bye, Chris.
6: See you Love on Monday. you guys, man. Enjoy,
1: you. Millie. You're missing Jim Moore. You're missing the mad scientist of volleyball to go pick up the Milster. Oh man. Tell her I say hi. Sad. Isn't there a pickup time? That I'm missing the code. Eleven to eleven fifteen. Or twelve to twelve fifteen, I mean? Oh no, dude.
5: Yeah, I told you the story. I'm not gonna tell it again. I know, <laughs> I know. It's, it's emotional because, yeah. devastation. Because Rosenthal talked too long. I she scarred because I stayed and listened to him one time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll have it out with Brandon. Where's Rosenthal.
5: Rosenthal today?
1: He had a recruit on campus. He called in late. We didn't need him.
5: I'll he, tell you what, with four coaches that came on, we don't need we didn't need Rosenthal today. And I I'm sorry for that for the head coach of Lipscomb. And it's gonna hurt him.
6: That's true. If Texas wins this weekend, like I say, they're uh-huh. going to win, you need to bring me this five pound asahi bowl. Thing okay. That you do you want today. a small
5: or do you like the large like me?
6: Large, because okay. I'm a grown man. Okay. So, <laughs> you're not
5: afraid Growing? of calories? You want some asahi? Do I look like I'm afraid of calories? How do you feed acai. the size? Do I look like a I'm afraid of bars, calories? Banana, blueberry, granola. Perfect. A sprinkle of honey. Perfect.
6: And if, who did you pick? To, who did you say was going to win? I picked the same team as you, bro. Oh, I thought you picked Penn State. I thought we picked three. I thought we I all. picked Oregon. He picked Oregon. I know. I thought we all picked everybody except for Michigan. Nope. no. So, so you picked,
1: picked Penn State team. to be in against Texas. You picked Texas, State and you to, pick Texas, be Texas to beat Penn State. Yeah.
6: Okay. Yeah. If Oregon wins, then I'll buy you one. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah.
1: I'll tell you what. If, Kevin if it's Texas, by the way, Penn Kevin State gets again, nothing. Kevin gets nothing. If Texas, yeah, it's Penn
6: State again. It's going to be another
1: good one. Right, be, it's just going to be a agor-
5: Oh, easily. And if it's not five, there'll be two sets in there. But obviously, this is a much different time and. I think there'll Game's be a, at least, if it
1: doesn't go five, there'll be two do sets in four. I think it'll be that yeah, it'll close. That'll be an early match. Just, and high left side, hit yeah. the ball hard, demonstration of women's power in the game, I think, if, if those two teams are playing each other. I think you're going to see a bit more of a system if Oregon's in there, and Michigan, because they just don't think it's raw athletes. I think that these other guys, not taking anything away from the system, not sure. either of those two teams run, but I think that the athletes become more of the
5: focus of attention. I agree. Is Coach on yet? No, but he'll get there. I'm gonna roll. Well, the three that I booked came on, so uh, <laughs> hopefully you get yours, and you gave the right number out.
1: Jim Moore is reliable. I know he is.
5: All right. Good luck, kids. All right, we're, we're gonna, gonna go. uh, have fun on the trip. We're horny for volleyball. <laughs> what time's the show Friday? Uh, two or three. Apparently, you don't need me, so Jeremy and I won't do
1: anything with it. But uh, you can always call in. I'll call in. You can always call, in. we'll let you know what time the show is. And uh, I'll see you on Monday. Yeah, you meet Kelly Tennant.
6: What's the day next Monday? What's the seventeen? Day next? And Good. And Jeremy. Jeez, you leave me out of the show.
1: Well, you're just the engineer.
4: First
6: Alright, <laughs> uh. let's take a break. Engineer, go to break. You're gonna have horrible music. We'll be right own. back with Jim Moore. Horrible music you're gonna have on your own on Friday. You know that, don't you? It's Barbara. a guarantee.
5: What about the best show of the year my
9: bigamina press beat with get the next on Press press bad some Like on up 22 in a feel get on you ready you for the bomb the bomb the dang the dang i the bomb, the dang dang i dang dang we Watch your back? man Remember when your what we are with give my but the bomb the dang don't, don't the Welcome back into with Like for me up twenty two in a afraid. the net live.
1: It's been a great show so far. Three of the four head coaches on. We had Jared Elliott of Texas, Russ Rose of Penn State, Mark Rosen of Michigan. We still have Jim Moore of Oregon upcoming here shortly. Allegedly. And I'll tell you what, it has been a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun coming up this week. Friday, going to be another program live from the coaches' corner. That'll be the, awesome. Or the coach's zone. There. What time? Do you know what time? Uh, Right now, we're scheduled for, I believe, 2 in the afternoon Eastern time. That may change depending upon the banquet schedule. It could be something like 3 or 4, probably more like 3 would be my guess, and we'll go uh, on into the evening and then head on into the national semifinals. That'll be awesome. Yeah, it will be awesome. And is Monday
6: our last show of the year?
1: No, usually we come back. Because the show, Monday
6: after uh, that, is New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve. Yeah, we're not doing a Christmas Eve program. Just
1: saying. And the next one's gonna be New
6: Year's Eve. Yeah, so that next week.
1: Well no, hold on. Seventeenth. Oh yeah, thirty first. Yeah. Yeah, that probably will be the last show of the year. So we'll do our, our end of the year awards on that program. We'll have to give out our end of the year our netties. You better email me what uh what the categories are? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll uh we'll
6: do that. We'll we'll have Kelly Tennant in. We'll we'll have her do some netties. She'll be like I've never listened to the show one time ever. Don't know never. what you're talking about. What, okay. what's a dundee.
1: Well, if uh, if the apology doesn't go well, she might just leave the show anyway, so she could be here just very Are you going to lead the show off with the apology? I, I think it has to be done.
8: I and I don't, want, to... I don't
1: want you to tell people what you're apologizing for. No. You just have to tune in for it. But... but I have to apologize. There there was an incident, and there there needs to be an apology. <laughs>
6: and are right? you going to say, if you were offended, I apologize? I will not say if, because I I, I think maybe she was, but I What don't if know. she wasn't? Are you, do, would you still apologize?
1: Well, then we'll just end the show early. <laughs> No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to go. I'm not sure she'll even remember.
6: We'll just have to see how it all works out. I like that she's coming into this. Does she know this is like an audition?
1: I I would like, and and we're endeavoring to get a female voice on this program. We spent a lot of time discussing the women's national team, NCAA volleyball, women's volleyball in general. We need a female presence on this program. Counteract some of your uh, Title IX commentary? Yeah, we just we just need somebody that has a different view. You know, somebody that's been a part of that. Um and in a way that I have
6: not. Or Geter has not, or you have because not. Because none of us are women. Well, yeah. It'll be interesting. But I'm serious about my sick mic. It's not going to matter. It's like two weeks, dude. Germs don't live for two weeks out in the air. You want to hear something? We haven't been soaking that thing in water. I have a friend who may not be a friend anymore who I discovered he has, like, colored jeans, so not just a normal blue jean. He – Like black? Black, red. Like, he he can rock rock all kinds of – Yeah. That's how I style Impressive. He – it was brought to my attention by his wife that he will put these pants in the freezer – in a Ziploc bag in the freezer. Okay. Yeah, I asked him why. I I asked him. I was. Are we talking space bag or ziplock? Because he must be a small human if it's going in a gallon Like a Ziploc. giant ziplock bag. I oh, mean, space a, bag. Yeah, big Ziploc bag. Okay. His reasoning was it kills germs, and it will not fade your pants like they would fade if you put them in the uh, washer or dryer. So wait, he does in lieu of washing them. Yes, he puts them in the freezer. Puts them in the
1: freezer. So this is a poor plan. My you're freezing germs. You're preserving germs. That was that's what, why. That's they what have,
6: another friend of mine said. He's like, sterilized dirt is still dirt.
1: It's not even sterilized.
6: I mean, it's that's frozen. that's why
1: you take germ cultures and you put them in a freezer yeah. to
6: preserve yeah, them. You're freezing them. Good plan, guy. He uh, I asked, so he
1: died last year.
6: Yeah, I asked him because I knew he read about it in a magazine. I asked him what fashion magazine did you read? This asinine. Thing in right was it right after sixteen sex tips that will make you go yeah, exactly. mad? It was the female Cosmopolitan. Um, he read it in GQ, and I've told him I have now since been questioning our friendship.
1: Yeah, I'm really I'm really dubious of that plan. I don't think that that's no. a, a good plan. And I know that has
6: nothing to do with the show, but for some reason it made sense at the time to talk about it because I find it highly entertaining. And your coach is never coming on the show. Could be disappointed if we don't get you more. That's right. Maybe he realizes that uh, he doesn't want to push his luck about people coming on the show and then not and losing in the tournament. Could be. Could be. We're going to hang in there for a couple more minutes for him. I mean, you know,
1: these guys have incredibly busy schedules, period. Yeah, for sure. Then you throw in on top of it the Final Four. Yeah. And I talked to him this morning. He said, how about a conference call? You know, and I know Russ was on a conference call earlier today. So these guys are dealing with uh, just a tremendous amount of regular business in addition to the Final Four business. So I, I'm impressed that everyone took the time to
6: of come course. on the program. Period. We appreciate it. What if he doesn't come on and then wins it all? Do we get credit? I'm not sure we can get credit that way. we well, made Because the- we get
1: credit for not doing something. I'm not sure that's... Uh, we made
6: all the other coaches lose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he gets credit for having the, the wisdom and the forethought to, not, to not to come on the program. Yeah, he deserves credit. National championship, uh, definitely credit would go to him, not us.
6: So are you hosting anything this weekend when I you're am. in? I will be
1: hosting the ABCA uh, banquet. I'm actually not hosting. There are two other hosts, Cecile Renaud and Joe, whose name last name escapes me at the moment. But yeah. they're the regular hosts. Gotcha. I actually do a, a little interview thing that was added three years ago, or two years ago. This will be the third, where I interview each of the All-Americans. Do a little yeah, three to five questions
6: with each kid. And is this where they'll be announcing Coach of the Year as well? Yes.
1: Yes. And they did a thing where I I re-interviewed the player of the year because, you know, the player of the year is actually an All-American as well. Um, And that didn't work. Better to let them give a speech. But all this is in lieu of speeches from the kids because it turns into kind of the same the same stuff every time from the kids. Gotcha. We've learned a little more about some of the kids and some of it's a little silly. Some of it's fun. Some of it's serious. Uh, some of it deals with your coach getting in a fight with another coach. You know, sometimes <laughs> it's uh, it, it's all a little different, and it just depends on who the kid is and what we do. And some kids are good at it. Some kids aren't good at it. Some kids wanted to give a speech. Yeah. Some kids are quite stoked they don't have to give a speech. Yeah. They're always asking, "What are you gonna ask me? What are you gonna?" Ask? Well, we'll see. Then you have Cassidy Lickman who who actually gets on my case for uh, the question that I asked. What did you ask? I which understood. was awesome. I said, you know, look around. The world of collegiate volleyball, and what player would you really like to have on your team? You think you'd like to have on your team and play with? And she said, "That's rude." So that means I have to get rid of one of my teammates. She wasn't a fan of you. She took I it thought. a step further. Gotcha. Uh, so I, I liked that a lot. Any time the kid has the the presence to be themselves. Yeah. Natalie Haglin last year did a Mick Haley impression awesome. when I asked for one. Awesome. awesome. Uh, that. Uh, that, to me, is awesome. When the, when the kid is really that confident,
6: that down with who they are. It's got to be hard at that age because you don't really have media training. No. No, I mean,
1: these these women, certainly different than the men, have a tremendous amount more exposure. Yeah. They do more interviews. And, and honestly, today versus my time when I played, because, you know, I can only reflect on when I was there, if you're going to do that comparison to so when I was a player— We didn't have the amount of media you do now. Of course. You couldn't do what they can now do at the schools. I mean, the schools end up doing a bunch of interviews and post-game press and all kinds of videos and things. So these kids are getting a lot more touch with what it means to represent your team, represent your school, and be a part of a a media environment. Would you get media training when you're on the national team? Briefly. Yeah. Going into Olympic Games. That was it. That was the only media training we ever had. It was for a half hour, and honestly, it's it's hard to get the monkeys to calm down and stop throwing feces, and and that's us. I don't,
6: I don't know what that means. But... No, but that's, that was Are us. Are you calling yourself a feces-throwing monkey? Exactly. Yeah. No. So,
1: yeah, so that, it, it was hard to get us to even calm down and pay attention to it, and that's no fault of the presenter. That's the fault of us, and I, I think it's because we exist in the environment where we didn't have much attention, and we're kind of bitter about it, and it, it, you start telling us how to behave with the media. We're like, you know, we just weren't that receptive. I wish we had been more receptive to it. Gotcha. And I, it's not the presenter's fault. but and, and my complaint has been over the years that the volleyball players are terrible.
6: I mean, well, there's no – if you don't know how to talk to the media, it's not like having a normal conversation like you and are right now. It's different. It's 100% different.
1: It is different. At the same time, you got to just be yourself. But sometimes being yourself isn't the best thing. I mean, there are guys that are good at it. There are guys that are not good at it. For sure. There are always athletes that you walk away going, oh, that kid was really good at that guy or that gal. was really good. More often than not, it's just kind of okay, which is fine if yeah. it's innocuous. And sometimes you walk away just going, wow, that was like full teeth. That was tough. And that's true of coaches too. Sometimes you're talking to coaches and it's
6: just rough. Being, uh, doing music, DJing for UCLA basketball games the last couple seasons and being more involved in the college world and obviously the Pac-12 and seeing some of these coaches being interviewed, like, they have no desire to be talking to you at all whatsoever. Right. What a lot of them seem like. Um, so that's why when those coaches come on the show here, I'm very happy that they are come on to talk to us and let us know what's happening. Because I feel like in college, because obviously I do some college games and then the pros, the coll- college coaches run their universities. I don't care what anybody says, especially in major
1: sports, basketball, yeah. football. Yeah, those guys are, have
6: They're a level of power the,
1: that's different. running
6: the university. Yeah. Yeah. And what they say goes, and everybody's like, okay, we have to do this now because the coach said that. All right. Whether it's a good idea or not, and I find it entertaining.
1: The good coaches, well, no, I, I shouldn't say that because there are a lot of successful coaches. But it, there's a difference between being a good coach and a successful coach. You can be a successful coach without really being a good coach and getting back to when we were talking to Jared Elliott earlier and he was saying, you know, his job is to shepherd these kids through the growth uh, of those years. It's, It's so different to be a good coach or a successful coach. Bobby Knight. I'm not sure he was a good coach. Undoubtedly a successful coach. I don't know about being a good coach. I would I wonder about that. Lloyd Ball would know a little bit about that for a volleyball connection. But that's an interesting topic. When you're mentoring young people, if you're producing great people out of your program, and you can't be bottom of the barrel because you gotta you gotta be winning something. But if you're yeah. you're in the middle, top middle, sometimes making the tournament, really doing good things for the kids, I think a lot of universities look at you and say, You're getting a job done. Yeah. You're doing the right thing. Um but the, the power that those guys wield on a campus is pretty huge. I would hope that like a lot of situations, like any profession, you have people that climb to the heights of the profession, right? Mm-hmm. They have gotten there because of who they are and how they behave. And so they would not kick down, you know, kiss up and kick down. Gotcha. They wouldn't behave in that manner. Occasionally it happens. But I think most people who achieve that level have gotten there because of who they are, how they behave, and what they do. And so you don't have an abuse of that power normally because that's not the kind of person that climbs as high as they are in the power structure of a university.
6: I agree with that. that makes sense? Yeah. It's a little esoteric for this program Mm -hmm. and and three hours in. Well, that was our uh, discussion with Phil Jackson, like, oh, is he a great coach or is he just a good coach and always had the great players? I I don't think you can say be. I I agree. I think he's a great coach. I think sometimes it's harder to coach an all-star team than it is to coach a team of average players and bring out the best of their ability. He doesn't usually have an all-star team. No, I, I agree with you, but what I'm saying is like when you have the best players in the world, like you watch Kobe right now, he's getting so frustrated with his team, and he's got a good team around him, at least in the starters. And then Michael Jordan... Would make his teammates believe that they could hit the shot. Kobe's making his teammates fear not to miss the shot. You know what I'm saying? Kobe is not Michael. Correct. Absolutely. Kobe is not Michael. But to have that talent and have that talent, because if you're so good, like watching that Bo Jackson thing, he was so good, the coaches said we didn't coach him because you can't overcoat, you can't teach things that Bo Jackson did.
1: It's funny, Bo Jackson is, is. and I identify with the, the feeling, um, not on the level of Bo Jackson, yeah. but being dismissive of the things you can do. Because people would occasionally say something to me about, you know, I would I would block. Yeah. And then the ball would get dug immediately. Yeah. And I'd just jump right, right back up and hit it. Yeah. And people would be like, how, how do you... Hard to teach that. Seriously? Yeah. I'm like, What? I can just do it. Yeah, like that's what I do. And I think that that pervaded my career for a long time that I just that's just what I do. Yeah. Um Bo Jackson of course did it on a level way beyond me. Yeah. But for for Bo, it, it was very cool to to see that about him that for Bo it was just what he did. He could do it every day. It wasn't anything remarkable. Yeah. For him. But it was remarkable for the other people. And howie Long I thought had a cool quote when he said, you know, he was he was put down here and said, you're going to be special. You're going to make great athletes look average. Yeah, that's pretty gnarly. Uh, and, and he did. To watch some of the old highlights of him running the ball was
6: unreal. Yeah. Unreal. And the reason why he dislocated his hip is because he ran so hard. He was that strong. He ran out of his own hip. Oh, at the back of it. Yeah, I can't that it just hurts thinking about it.
1: Oh, ouch. Well, hey, thirty for thirty. You don't know Bo. I wish they had taken another fifteen minutes to do more about Bo now.
6: That was the only my only criticism. There, the ha, there I has wanted been, more. I think ESPN has done stuff in the last couple of years about what he is doing now. Speaking um Big into cycling stuff. And it's really cool find. the stuff that he does. I mean, like he's a successful businessman and all that stuff, and still like in the community where he grew up doing stuff in that part of the country. mm Um I unfortunately T-vote the bow thing, so the Heisman Trophy thing went on a little long, so I'm missing like the last five minutes of the show, which is really bothering me right now. Did you watch it that night? No, I watched it last night. Oh, see, and so, so I, I... So I DVR'd it so that stupid Heisman Trophy Award went about five minutes long, so that was, was not pleased.
1: I had the same problem, but we watched it that night? Yeah.
6: And so I set it for the 4 a.m.
1: showing. Oh, gotcha. So I got to watch the rest of it the next morning. I watched the last 10 minutes. Yeah. But they needed another 10 or 15 minutes on what he's doing now. Gotcha. Um, So great 30 for 30. Watch it. I mean, that series continues to amaze me. Really good films. Benji was excellent. Uh, The only one I've watched that I did not like was Broke. Uh, The guy who made that one, I, I think, did a poor job. You could have summarized everything that was said in the hour and a half or whatever it was into literally 10 minutes.
6: Yeah, because it's it was, all been said before. I mean, I th- but it was just repetitive. Well, I don't. I think tell us a story. Don't you know. just repeat quotes and have
1: the the money maker. And I mean, yeah. I
6: just I didn't like the style of it. It was an hour and a half commercial. Well, and also because all the other and th- for thirties are so good. Like if you're like that's the worst one, I still thought it was good on its own. But when you're comparing it to all the other ones, you're like, yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the relatively
1: speaking, yes. problem for them, but. I just I didn't care for that one and this is a series that I really enjoy and, and find uh, to be telling great stories of Vladi he one from a couple of years ago is
6: excellent as well about uh, Peja. What could we do at 30-30 on Volleyball On? <laughs> Here's the problem. <laughs> Don't get all upset about it. No,
1: they're going to pick the same thing. They're going to do the same thing and and this is kind of my issue with with volleyball in general. Like it, I've seen a bunch of volleyball movies, not the Hollywood stuff, but various volleyball efforts, right? Mm-hmm. It's always the same. Play the Olympic music. Show the flag. Here's the team. No, Try yeah. and get to the Olympics. Who cares? I mean, not that it's not important and that isn't the focus of what's going on, but let's tell a human story. Yeah. Let's tell a human story about people. And and if you're going to do, and I haven't seen the Kerry Walsh um, documentary that uh, Geeter was a part of doing. I haven't seen any yet. No, and, and I'd like to see that. Um, no matter who you pick, I mean, okay, you're going to pick Karch, you're going to pick Misty, you're going to pick
6: Carey, you're going to pick, uh, you know, Gabby Reese. Are you following an indoor team? College. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it has to be one player.
1: I'd like to see some subject that's a little deeper. But if you're going to pick the individual, the obvious individuals, for the obvious reasons, do a good job with it. Go in depth with it. Give us more information, not not the surface stuff. Give us more information about the person that's what 30 for 30 does and yeah. most of them give us so much more about the person the event the the place the time the context of what's happening that's what i want to see out of a volleyball thing or i want to see the other side of it that just makes you want to go play yeah I, and i and i think no one has hit either of those notes in anything i've seen either pump me up and get me ready to play like i find value in that
6: to so go down to the beach and say i have next set
1: Yes, get me to do that because I watched your film. Or give me a human story that I go, wow, I really know so much more about what that person has
6: gone through. You could do something on Stein who had heart surgery as a kid and told he should not play sports ever again. Stein Metzger.
1: Sure. Misty and a lot of stuff from her book about her father and her family life. Absolutely. And those things. Give me that. Give me that in a, in a really good well-done form. Don't give me the rings and the Olympic theme anymore. I am It's done to death. It's old. It's it's 1980s stuff. You know, don't don't do that anymore. Give me something more cuz I can get all that yeah. stuff. We know all that stuff.
6: Your cats about to attack me. Well, I think we should start storyboarding our own 30 for 30.
1: Uh, I don't have a 30-for-30 30 30 idea. I've got a different idea, and I want to do it. We just need sponsors. I'm going to ma- try and make some inroads this week. What about
6: Asics? I see you have some new shoes.
1: Yeah, I got some fancy shoes. You like the colors? I do. Did
6: you buy them? Or yeah, you I bought them those.
1: No, no nice. I, I have to buy shoes nowadays. <laughs> Sadly. All right, I think we're going to miss Jim Moore, unfortunately. But no, undoubtedly, good luck. undoubtedly, he got busy with preparing for... His final four appearance, first one for the Oregon Ducks, and and congratulations to Coach Moore for Peter mentioned earlier on this program, taking what was a doormat and turning it into the castle. Uh Jim Moore's done an incredible job with that program. Very impressive. Uh it's been fun to watch his team. I saw his team quite a number of times this year, including their first Pac twelve match against Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Gotten an opportunity to see Brenner, Fisher, Bergsma, Canace Finley. Lauren Plum, all these players up close. Uh, Williams, just a a really nice group of players. They've done a nice job of being a team and playing that team volleyball that we talked about a little bit today. I wish them the best of luck. They were my pick from week one. They were. uh, All the way through, and I'm going to stick with that pick. I think they beat Penn State. Thanks to Russ Rose, though, for coming on. Uh, No matter, we talked about this, no matter who wins this national title, I think it's a good story for volleyball. It's a good narrative. It'll be well publicized. I'm sure ESPN will do a great job with the broadcast as they normally do with the semis and the finals. ESPN
6: 2, correct, is what it could be on, I believe? The saying. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot going on in sports,
1: but I, I think ESPN does... There have been some complaints about some of the earlier rounds. I think they do a great job with the semis and the finals. I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing those live in person, and then I will be back here. I will be watching the finals on TV like everybody else. And then Monday, our last show of the year. Monday's the last show of the year, so get your votes in now for the netties. We'll uh we'll throw that up there. Your uh, your categories. Person of the year, national team athlete of the year, men and women. Can I nominate myself? Biggest disappointment, biggest surprise, team of the year, coach of the year. I think we've gone kind of those
6: all those directions. And then is it it's our fourth man of the year? What are we our fifth man of the year? Yeah, volleyball person of the year. No, no, for our own show. That last year Jay won, I believe. Oh, our Rosenthal won. Oh, our, our fifth man of the year. Fifth man of the year, fourth that's man
1: right. Of, yeah. I don't remember. What do we call him? I can't remember. We had to go back and review The Netties fifth from man, last fifth. year. Fifth man of the year. So Reed Pretty, if you're still listening, please go back and review last year's final show, The Netties, and give us the
6: rundown. I think you and I, and I should award. win an award because we basically carried this show all year long. You you we know know came in and out, Reed, who knows where Reed is right now. He's in kind a bunker of, somewhere.
1: Kind of like the movies, Jeremy.
6: Don't give me the obvious. Everyone knows we're carrying this show.
1: I don't need the obvious. I did it for four weeks by myself while you guys were at the Olympics. Yeah. So you, in effect, just know this. You're not getting an award. (laughs) Well, I I will give myself an award. You're not winning an award. (laughs) But know that when the award is given out for fifth man, fourth man, whatever it is, you made that happen for that guy through those four weeks. 100%. You're a, you're a part of his success. No, they should be. He probably should buy you an Asahi bowl, and you can eat well, 1,200 calories of chocolate
6: pudding. And their thank you speech, I should be mentioned. Yes. Yes, for sure. Yes. And
1: maybe he should wear a little button, Roche for, for president. Little Fat Jeremy. Little Fat <laughs> Jeremy. I liked your pictures, Little Fat Jeremy, on uh, on the helipad.
6: Those were cool. Oh, thanks. So where can
1: people pick up your
6: music if they're interested? Oh, they could. Multiple places. But uh, the new thing that I'm doing right now is the suicidedoors.com Go check it out. I like that. Thanks. Should you get Suicide Doors on your Volvo? I'm waiting on the next car. For one of those photo shoots, a friend of mine had a nineteen sixty five Lincoln Continental with Suicide oh, Doors. Yeah. It was all black. Ugh. I got to drive it too. It was like it was like floating. It was awesome. It's like getting on this
1: couch except you got a wheel
6: in front of you. Yes. It was I mean it was it was legit. Um nice. but the Suicide Doors were a DJ production team, so we're making our own music. We can perform live. It's fun. Cool. Yep. All right, check it out.
1: And check out our program. We're coming up Friday, we'll have a great uh, all-star studded show. We'll try and get you a guest list as soon as we can establish it, but I'm flying in Wednesday night. going to be there Thursday trying to put the guest list together. Undoubtedly, it'll be fun. We've always had great people, Huma and Kevin Hambly. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the folks we've had uh, over the years. We've had all kinds uh, of different coaches sit in. We had Destiny Hooker actually sit in last year. She was there signing autographs uh, with a lot, of, a lot of good guys. So, and and women. We had uh, Ann Cordes in last year. We'll see if we can make that happen again this year. Of course, hosting, big deal for Louisville and for volleyball. So Louisville, KFC Yum Center hosting. We will be there, and then we'll be back next week with the last
6: show of the year. Is that really the name of it? KFC Yum Center. It's like the Yum is actually in there.
1: Yeah, because that's the brand now. Okay. Yeah. That's their company, Jeremy.
6: Multi-billion dollar global entity. No, no doubt. I just yeah. didn't know the Yum was actually really in there.
1: KFC Yum Center. It's awesome. Yeah.
6: The treats better be good. Taco Bell inside. What's the logo look like? I don't know. I'll let you know. When you say Yum. Yum. Speaking of which, there's a care package coming for me while you're in Louisville, so make sure you leave enough room in your suitcase to bring it back.
1: Oh, okay. Yep. All right. I can't carry six cases of coconut water.
6: No, I already got that. Just so you know. Yeah. All right.
1: Kevin and Jeremy signing off. The Net Live. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you Friday.
2: The best college volleyball in the country is coming to Louisville, and you'll want to be there up close to take in all the action. Cheer for every point, witness every rally, experience it live at the 2012 NCAA Division I Women's Volleyball Championship. Hold on,
1: hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. Commercial. Hold the presses.
2: Sorry, Sorry
6: commercial. Hold Sorry. the presses. Hoping nobody. We will come
1: back to that commercial in just a second. If you're if you're on the chat board, stay there. Stay with us. This may require an edit online. I believe, I believe, Jeremy. Hopefully this is the right number. I'm. Uh, I'm. Yeah. I'm checking here. I'll, I had a little little ring going on here.
8: Can we on just my, get right um, to it? No on my phone. On?
1: Yep. Get right to him. We know he's a busy man because he's at uh, Oregon. They're headed for their very first Final Four. Head coach Jim Moore on the line. Coach. Hi there. I'm
7: so sorry <laughs> we had mixed up and they changed practice on us and all kinds of crazy stuff. So I apologize for running all over and making you run around. I apologize a lot.
1: Worries. I'm glad we hung on and just kind of, you know, shut it for a while here. And uh, we ended up getting you on because we were looking forward to, to hearing from you. And I know our fans were looking forward to hearing about your program and their very first trip to the final four. This has to be uh huge, huge, not vindication, but gratification for you and your wife to uh, take a program and turn it around and, and put it in the national championship conversation. Yeah.
7: It's, yeah, been, it's um It's great. Um, it's wonderful. Uh, you know, I like to think that we're not done, but it's, it's, it's good to be here. We're happy to be here for sure.
1: Yeah. You better not be done because I picked you to win the (laughs) national. But if I'm going to win, uh, our, our little bet here, then you have to take it home. The Oregon Ducks must win. I, I, I wanted to ask you about the last round you played Nebraska in Nebraska. How did you prepare your kids for that match in that place?
7: That's a good question, but I, I you know, they, I, I mean, I think the preparation happened throughout the course of the year. It, it it didn't happen just in that match and it's happened over the course of their career. You know, I no. you know I sort of jokingly said, it was actually our joke before the, the match started. I said, well, this is just like Penn state last year, um, minus the heat, minus the humidity, minus the minus, vomiting, minus all the sickness that we had going into that match. Um, so, I so, mean, there's just been a lot of things that have happened that have prepared them for that, and, uh, you know, you obviously it, it paid off, but uh, the kids are just great at staying focused. And, we, you know, the only thing that was tough, uh, I don't think we were nervous in the beginning of Game 1. Uh, we were very nervous against BYU, but we actually may have been too calm in the match against Nebraska, and, and we calmed down and they tried to stay calm, and it may have been too much and then and we ended up, you know, they jumped on us early, and then I think we panicked a little bit once they got on us, and then but so we were able to recover after game one. So it's been a lot of preparation, we
1: Yeah, how do you address that panic? How do you make a change in the match? Because I, I can identify with that feeling where you, you want to be relaxed and calm about what's happening, but sometimes that gets into a little bit of complacency. How do you address that with your team to, to move that back to motivation and playing your kind of volleyball?
8: Well it, well it it,
7: it that's it, a great question and I think the the only thing that I can say is is they have the yeah. confidence to be able to do it and uh, uh we had we had a, we debated a couple options um, um going into the match we were going to put Elena on Lauren Cook and, and then try to swing over her
4: and, and we
7: debated it, back and forth and should we do this should we not do it and then uh the other option was to stay where we normally stay and then let Liz go up against Lauren Cook And rotation six causes some issues during the year. Uh, It actually isn't as much as the players think, but it only matters what they think. And so they wanted rotation six with Lauren Cook. And so we decided to stay with basically where we go in rotation one and and didn't put Elena on Cook. And so after we lose game one, I I thought, you know, do I change this? Do I go to the matchup that we wanted? And I went back and forth for as long as I could, and I said, "Nope, this had nothing to do with matchups. We just didn't start good. We're fine, and go for it." And that's really all I told them. There, it wasn't. There were no adjustments on my part, other than a non-adjustment. Um, I just
1: said, "Go play." I guess sometimes the genius of coaching is knowing when to get out of the way. Uh, you're, you're you're fortunate to have a lot of really good athletes, and Elena Bergsman is the real deal, and she's had a great year. A lot of people talk about her, but. It's interesting to always watch the stats of Brenner and Fisher, your other two pin hitters. It seems to me like they're more determinant as far as the overall outcome of the match.
7: Yeah, you, know, you may very well be right. Elena does get hers. And then Liz had a great night Friday night against BYU. I mean, maybe her best match of the year uh, Friday night against BYU. and And then she for sure offensively did not have a great night. Uh, against uh, Nebraska, but the other thing that Liz did do Saturday, Saturday night against Nebraska was just pack, pack, and she she dug 18 balls during that game. match in a four-game match. The other, the game, other I, also I also keep stint dug, so I so don't just I keep, track keep track of the track. number of digs. I keep track of how many balls that come near your area and what and percentage what do you dig of those,
4: and, and uh,
7: she dug 18 out of 21. And used right around 65%, 70%. She dug 18 of the 21 balls that came in her area, which was pretty impressive. So she didn't have a really (laughs) great night offensively, but she had a great night in other ways. And then, of course, Kat had an unbelievable night uh, against Nebraska, and that was very special.
1: Yeah, you have to find a way to contribute. If the offense, the obvious part isn't going well, you must find a way to contribute. And I remember earlier in this year talking to you about your setter, Lauren Plum, and you said finally she is not displaying her athleticism. She's not just throwing the ball around and displaying what a great athlete she is. She was starting to play within the game. Have you continued to see that type of development all through the year?
7: Yeah, yeah I have. You know, I thought she had two really good nights, both Friday and Saturday night in the regionals. And that was that was special because, you know, as it gets bigger, you know, it's easier to show how many things you can do to other people. And she she didn't do that at all. She, but there were times that she had to do it, and she did. I mean, that's what she you know, there, she's got to realize the time that she has to be the great athlete and make the great play. And there were times that she did that um, this past weekend, but most of the time, she stayed within herself, let the game come to her rather than trying to take over the game, and
1: and made great
7: choices and and did a lot of smart things. I was very very impressed with her and real proud of her.
1: In that match against Nebraska, you said you made no adjustments. You just had the the kids play and. Your offense is rather unique. There is a lot of control for different kids out there. Is that one of the advantages to the way you run your offense? Is that the power center is not you; it's actually on the floor with that group that's on the floor at any one time.
7: Yeah, I, to me, I think that's what's most important. I believe firmly that the you know the game is won by the players. It, it you know everybody can say I did something. I I didn't do things. <laughs> Um, In that match, that was the players doing it. And I don't put any balls on the floor. And so I've always given that center of power to the players. And they know themselves better than I know them. And so when they feel comfortable running, they call. And then Lauren makes that split-second decision on where to go. And I've always felt that, you you know, the players, if you empower them, they can make great decisions and generally they have done that and they've proven that they can do it. And, you know, Catherine's a great example of that because there's so many people who said she could never do it. She could never play at a high level. You could never get to a final four with a Catherine Fisher as a hitter. And she's proved it wrong.
1: Catherine Fisher has what missed one set in her entire career,
7: in her entire career. It's just, it's, she's amazing. I mean, it's, you know, and you know, I told her a lot. Here, coming down the stretch, she's everything I wanted to be an athlete. You know, everybody said I couldn't do it, and they were right. <laughs> um, but you know, a lot of people said that Kat couldn't do it, and she's absolutely proved them wrong. And I, you know, I'm just, I, I'm just so happy to be able to work with her for four years. It's been an awesome experience for me.
1: I know you'd like to see them, or see her prove them wrong once again coming up this Thursday when you face off against Penn State. What are some unique, of the unique challenges in facing Penn State, the program and the myth and the legend at the Final Four?
7: Well, the one thing I hope that um, we've done a good job of is not worrying about those things. Um, you know, we don't really care who we face. And Penn State, the myth, the legend, the program, that's, we're not playing them. Uh, we do have to, however, <laughs> Ariel Scott and Deja McClendon, and those kids are freaky, athletics and incredibly good. And so we do have, you know, we just need to play each point, and, and that's that. the most important thing we have to do: is focus on what we have to focus on, win the points we can win, not worry about the ball that, that Scott's going to hit three feet over everybody's hand and bury it in the middle of the court. That's a ball we're not going to get. And but the ones that aren't perfect, we need to make sure we dig the balls we can and and that's side out on the balls we can.
1: You faced UCLA. I'll ignore that. You faced UCLA back on November twentieth, and you had a couple of big outside hitters in that match, Kidder and Love, and you dealt with them three zero pretty effectively. Is that informative of the matchup you'll face with Scott and McClendon?
7: Uh, I hope, <laughs> um, uh, but I don't know that. I mean, I, I do think those, those who are the two best athletes perhaps in the entire country. And it's just, it's really, really difficult yeah. to deal with Scott and McClendon. Um, cause they hit the ball so hot. I mean, they basically both render the block
5: irrelevant
7: when they take great swings. Um, uh, Love, love. is a
5: little different. I mean, Love hits that
7: flat, high ball, and we did some things. There were some things we could come up with. But, um, uh, you know, we'll you know, to, do everything we can to come up with a defense to deal with, with both with of ball. them. But there's going to be times good. that they just put balls on the floor that nobody in this in country this. for sure is going to dig. Um, uh, so we just have to we have to we apply pressure in other ways and hope that they don't get those great swings that
4: often.
1: All right, Coach, we've hit the end of the program here. We're going to be getting kicked off the air, but we sure appreciate you calling in, and uh, great luck. This- we uh, we hope you go through. I hope you go through to just make my bracket, but uh, I'm excited okay. for the opportunity. It's been fun watching you all year. Good luck Thursday and Saturday.
7: Thank you so much, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it very, very much.
1: All right, Jim Moore, head coach at Oregon, ending the show. Jeremy, that's going to be it, man. we gotta we got to bust off the air. Start playing that music again. college
2: volleyball country is coming to Louisville, and you'll want to be there up close to take in all the action. Cheer for every point. Witness every rally. Experience it live at the 2012 NCAA Division I Women's Volleyball Championship, December 13th and 15th at KFC Young Center in Louisville, Kentucky. Hosted by the University of Louisville and the Louisville Sports Commission. All session tickets start at $62. Visit NCAA.com slash volleyball to make a date with champions.